Welcome back to episode 68 of Warrior's Den. On this episode, we have Toby Reyes, who's been on before on episode 2 and episode 42. Both of those episodes will only be available on utcamblog.com under the podcast uh, tab. You can scroll back because only the last 10 episodes will only be on the uh, podcast streamers. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, I always forget about that one, and uh, Amazon Music now. So you can check out the n- this one, if you're depending when you're listening to it, of course. But the old ones will only be available on uh, the com. What is also available at utcamblog.com is a regular blog post. It's also the method in which you can support us which is by going to it under the support tab. And there are a few options how you can support this podcast because we appreciate your support. You can simply be generous and donate with a one-time monthly or yearly contribution. We always like that. Of course, I know most people don't do that. So if you want to learn some Kramaga online, you can by going to utkmu.com and you sign up. And you can either get a beginner's package or a novice package, allowing you to see our curriculum as we teach it at Urban Tactics Krav Maga. Now, if you hit sign up, it'll bring you to the pricing uh, page and you can choose your uh, thing and eventually we'll add more as I have more time. And once you're signed up, you're able to click on the curriculum, sorry, the members page and you can see... Uh, all the curriculum that you have access to. There is some free content, but most of it is under the paywall because, you know, don't want people unwilling to pay to see the access because weirdos don't usually pay. So if you want to generally learn online, you can do that. Another way you can support this podcast is under the support us on utcamblog.com. Again, you can check out some products of books that I use uh, on the Amazon affiliate links. You can click on them. And you can purchase them through our links, which is very helpful. I have a few supplement uh, coffee I use and a supplement I use, as well as a whole bunch of book recommendations that you should sign up for or listen to. Rather, I personally use audio podcasts. Uh, so if you like to read the traditional way, you can. If you want to get an ebook, you can also do that. So thank you for supporting us. And of course... Uh, you can come train with us. Check out our regular website, www.urbantacticskm.com. And, of course, check us out on Instagram, Urban Tactics Krav Maga, Facebook, Urban Tactics Krav Maga, Twitter, Urban Tactics Cam, though I don't really support Twitter that much anymore. So there may or may not be posts on that. And, uh, yeah, so if you like our content, our discussions, you can do that. Of course, if you want to be uh, a guest, your martial artist's, or someone interesting, nutritionalist, uh, doctor, whatever, if you, to reach out to the martial arts community or in general, or just have an interesting conversation with me, you can contact us. Uh, the le- uh, email is urbantacticskm.com. That'll have the contact us. Contact me through that page for if you want to be a guest. Now, back to the podcast, episode 68. Again, Toby is a longtime friend of mine. Uh, started training jiu-jitsu with him originally in 2011, uh, not under him, but with him. He's one of my training partners. And he's, of course, he's an expert in our niece, and he's competed in kickboxing. 
Uh, in this particular episode, we're kind of all over the place. We're just catching up. We haven't seen each other or talked to each other in quite some time due to COVID. So we do talk a little bit about COVID. We talk a lot about what's going on in the world, uh, our stances on things. And of course, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have him on again is because he keeps making posts about cryptocurrency. So I wanted to talk about, you know, the proverbial they and the elitism and how cryptocurrencies can benefit you and blockchain technology is something he's actually going to get into as a career path change. So we're all over the place on this one. Uh, I hope you enjoy the listen. Of course, heavy on politics on this one, less so on the martial arts. So be prepared for that. Enjoy. Krav Maga is not just a self-defense system. It is a way of life. Warriors Den is a podcast for Kravists, fighters, martial artists, warriors, politicians, and general citizens. Consider this. The society that separates scholars from its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools. Lucididi. Your host, Jonathan Fader, talks to guests in an open and uncensored format about their fights, their philosophies, and their lives. No topic is taboo, and the conversation may start in one place and end in another. As the quote suggests, you cannot separate the warrior from the politics and the world around them, as a true warrior must be a student in all forms of art and science. Listening to the Warriors Day. Warriors Day, brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga, turning lambs into lions. You're the one who's gonna do the recap, right? Not me. A little bit. So hold on. So I'm just here with Toby Reyes, who's been on the episode two and episode forty-two, and now I forgot what episode we're on. Um, but I. I wanted Toby to come back on, other than he's a martial artist, of course, but also I've been seeing him post a crap load about cryptocurrency, and <laughs> he had some questions for me as well, so we're going to have a chat today. Um, now, just to remind people, your background in martial arts is originally Arnis, right? Kickboxing. Yeah, it's it's a screamer and uh, Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu. It's, uh, Jiu it's a long story how it all started, but... Uh, how do I start with that? Oh uh, yeah, I I did Arnis Escrima uh, when I was in college, but that wasn't the style that I'm training in right now. It was yeah. more like a PE style because because it was taught in college. It was it was very watered down. Then uh, then when I was a senior, someone started jujitsu in the Philippines. Uh, these were the guys that I knew too. Uh, there were two big groups, Carlson Gracie and uh, and back then it was Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's how I started training in the style of Eskrima that I train in right now. Because one of my teammates, his dad was was one of the masters in the Illustrissimo system. So that's how I got. Yeah. I got into that anyway. Yeah, and you've yeah. also been all, all all over the world since then as well, right? Since the, yeah, I lived in uh, Spain for six months, then the U.S. for two years in L.A., two years in New York. Yeah. Uh, I Okay, here's, here's one funny story. I actually trained with Danaher for a month when I was in New York. But 
the way he was teaching was so different from oh, yeah. what I see right now. Like back then he was really teaching a lot of judo. Like, yeah. like, like I was just watching his new episode, uh, his new clips for his new uh, instructionals, which are takedowns. Yeah. When I watched it, I was like, man, this was the thing that he was teaching like for a whole month when I trained with him. It was just that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah there were no leg locks back then. Remember, this was 2007. Yeah. I think Still it was, um, I think it was Dean Lister who kind of really talked to him about that. And got him into the whole leg lock thing, if I remember. That's what he said. Yeah, 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 that's what he said. So yeah, I'm I'm really new to the leg lock thing. Uh, the only thing I've done recently during the pandemic was visit Matt Kwan and go for a session with him. But uh, it's too far. Uh, I wanna I wanna check him out again. Uh, I heard. I think he's still teaching, right? But yeah. uh, for those who don't know, Matt Kwan's been on the podcast before too. He has his own podcast. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Mental BJJ, BJJ Mental Models. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. He's the leg lock master locally. Yeah, he oh, does. Yeah, man. He's super good. Super good, man. And uh, one thing I didn't notice was in videos he looks small, but in actual person he's actually pretty big, man. <laughs> really? He's my size, so that. <laughs> no, but uh, he's. Yes, like his build is really, you know, like like he's for, it's really for grappling. Like yeah, like when yeah. you see him, you know, oh man, this guy, this guy's uh, <laughs> this guy is really strong. And but but he's good. He's technically really really yeah. good. Man. That's actually a good place to start. Like as a martial artist, how have you been managing the pandemic? Now you were telling me you had gotten into an accident, but that aside, um, how have you been handling it? Because it's different for everyone. What do you mean? Uh, handling it with training or just with everything? Training there? mentally, right? Some, some like so. I guess I should set up some context in BC, uh, where we are. The restrictions have been some of the least restrictive, as far as what's in Canada. However, when it comes to the martial arts and fitness industry, the government has basically said, "Go fuck yourselves." And yeah. for like the last six months of the last year, we've been not allowed to do certain things. Uh, with that being said, allegedly people know how to train to a degree. If I was to make a comparison, if you look in Florida and Texas, they only close for like a month. And I've seen people training nonstop I know, I know, and I there's know. not been an issue. <laughs> I know, I know, so. I know. Uh, I, I actually have a couple of friends from Texas. I was just looking at their Facebook. Okay, yeah. you guys won a tournament. You're, uh, okay, yeah. cool, cool. Okay, yeah. yeah uh, yeah, when it first happened, I think we were all stressed out, like especially me too. Uh, you know, I had family in the Philippines. I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, our fear was, you know, the masses going crazy. You know, if they go hungry, they might, you know, they might start rioting. Yeah. And that's that's pretty bad. But uh, good thing it didn't really happen. Uh, with regards to training, I just train in a bubble. I still train at new... At, at, at GB in New West, I've 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 moved training to to New West with this guy. I don't know if you know him, Raz Chan. Uh, I know of him. Yeah, I I think I've met him before, um, but not. No, I haven't seen him in quite some time yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I I really like his style because he's fifty two years old. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't use any athleticism in his movement. It's really it's really the old school. Yeah. The old school 
Hickson, Henry Aikens, Machado Jiu-Jitsu style, you know, like, like, yeah, man. And I think that's like, like for our age, for my age, that's the style that, that I'm more inclined to. Yeah, me too. It's like, you know, you know, all those people who are against pulling guard, but like I do it because my body is not the best. And if I'm training with younger people, catch, keeping up with their athleticism is exhausting. Uh, so I, I totally feel you on that right? approach. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I really like his style and, uh, yeah, I also want to learn Danaher's style, even though I trained with him before, because during that time it was so different. It was just so different. Yeah. Well, you know, and I've talked about, I, I did a class with Danaher. I wouldn't go to New York now. It's a fucking nightmare, but, um, well, they're in Puerto Rico now, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Danaher himself is actually going to move there full time. Gordon Ryan and Craig Jones and those guys are opening the school there, but they haven't actually said if Danaher is going to stay there or not. Cause he, you know, he might, for all you know, stay at Henzo Gracie's in the long run, but who knows, right? Oh, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. he was already there. Well, they're there now because they can't train in New York, right? So it makes sense. Uh, and Gordon Ryan, I, do you follow Gordon Ryan on on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just quite the trash talker, and he's they're just like fuck this place. Like, yeah. I think he was living. But I think Hanzo's open because I I have two friends who are on my Facebook and social media at Hanzo's, and they just posted a like a couple of weeks ago. They were. Well, let's be honest. The Brazilians' attitude towards COVID is go fuck yourselves. I'm not going to drop dead. My family's not going to drop dead. Don't tell me I can't do what I do. And I think that's what you're seeing all over the world from Brazilians is just fuck you. Like, And, you know, I, I agree with them. The data does not line up with lockdowns. And, you know, if you keep telling people that, and, and you know, it's like, oh, trust the experts. I'm like, Here's one. I can read the data myself. I don't need them to tell me. Right. And when you read the data yourself, you get people saying like, well, hold on a second. What's going on here? And they're like, nope, you're stupid. You're not an expert. And you're like, no, you know, I actually was taught the things that you say I don't understand. And I know what you're saying is bullshit. So um, you're seeing the Brazilians globally just training, you know, <laughs> just doing it. And none of yeah. them, are, you know, none of the people who take care of their bodies who are healthy are going to drop dead unless you have some undiagnosed thing that you did not know about, which is usually that where they'll be like, oh, you see, this 20 year old died. They were healthy. And it's like, yeah, but then you read in the small print, they had something that they didn't know they had. Yeah, I, I know. Man, I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. That being said, you know, I, I already have. Two friends who died from COVID and uh, three, three people, uh, three friends whose parents died. But then again, these two friends of mine, they they're not healthy. Yeah. Let's just say they're pretty overweight, pretty you know, uh, they're not they're not healthy at all. Like they're pretty much my age. Yeah. Like and mid to early forties. Yeah. And that's something you know, um, the because I know you wanted to talk about the Gina Carana thing, but like. Filipinos have oh, been getting yeah. hit really hard with COVID and, you know, people are, are making this about racism and I'm like, or, or maybe Filipinos to... don't eat very well sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. They really have a uh, bad, bad lifestyles and it, it shows the ones who died from COVID were the ones who were 
you know, who were following the the Manila culture, the Manila lifestyle. What does that mean? Because uh, maybe people. Oh uh, man, just eating, uh, partying three days a week. Because usually it's Wednesday, hump day. You're gonna be drinking like crazy. Then mm. Friday, of course. Then why not on a Saturday? Yeah. You know, then rest of a Sunday, then do it all over again. So heavy drinking and uh, fried stuff. You guys like fried stuff, right? Yeah, fried stuff and <laughs> eating a lot of meals. Like we have this thing called merienda, which is in between lunch and dinner, where you just you just eat, man. You know, it, it's part of the culture. Like yeah. there's that, and you know, it's it's not good. It's not good. Like me right now, I'm pretty much two meals a day. I I do eat snacks though, but uh. Pretty much two full meals a day. That's it. Yeah, and you know, because I said, oh, people are looking at it like, oh, it's racist against Filipinos, and you had a weird look about your face. Have you not heard that? What 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 do you mean racist about Filipinos? So you know, it's 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 kind of linked into the Gina Carano thing, and we'll get into that. That's its whole topic on its own. It's that when you look at the data of deaths, who's dying from COVID? It's okay, the elderly, eighty plus. That's a given. Uh-huh. Uh, Filipinos, Black people and oh okay well else, right? well i really think in, in in the u.s if it's filipinos man it, it's because who works who works in the hospitals how many nurses do you see who are not filipino yeah <laughs> no, no no seriously that's yeah. that's actually the reason because there's so many filipino nurses yeah pretty much uh there's an article that majority of uh that like there's really a uh a, a, a big surge of deaths of filipino nurses yeah they're, they're the ones who work in the hospital you're, you're exposed to to the virus well, so the right? question then would be why uh disproportionately did the filipino nurses die versus the non-filipino nurses oh no there, there's there's just there's just majority of them like dude dude if you go to any hospital i think 80 percent of Probably, nurses yeah. are filipino so I, that's just it man yeah. it's just it's just the sheer numbers of uh, of Filipinos, man. That's. I did see an article. It. it was Philippines was going to exchange nurses <laughs> with Germany in exchange yeah. for vaccines, like yeah. number one export, yeah. I think. So. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's just that, man. It's just the the overwhelming number of Filipino nurses in hospitals all around in the West. Yeah. Even in London, I mean, yeah, like like even in England. There's a lot of deaths. There's a lot of Filipino nurses in England. Yeah. So that's that's like your perspective. Like if someone's so oh, this is racist because it's killing Filipinos, you just well, there's a lot of Filipino nurses in the hospitals, so it makes sense. Is I that it's like like would you I say that's, that's like common knowledge even among the Filipinos back home? Yeah. We all know that that a lot are dying because a lot of nurses. I mean, dude, it's just common sense. Yeah. Although a lot of people back home don't have common sense when it comes to that. <laughs> that's that's pretty common sense, right? Yeah. So, but is <laughs> that like, racist, man? Shit. Yeah. You'd say that's like what a lot of the like your family would think that if if we asked them, they would think that or yeah, like a Toby thing. Dude, everyone knows that. Yeah. Because <laughs> maybe the Filipino Americans, maybe the Americanized ones who grew up here, maybe they might think it's racist. But I don't know. Everyone from from the, the real ones, the real Filipinos, for sure, man. They Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. And, you know, I find that funny because, like, have you asked Filipinos, you know, like, what's going on? And and they'll be like, no, why should we? It's a racist thing. This is all the whole system's racist. And I'm like, 
okay, so there's disproportionately amount of Filipino nurses, which we all know, right, as you said. Yeah. And as you said, your friends who passed away of it were not the healthiest people, which is in line with uh, the data, which is if you are unhealthy, it's going to be a bigger problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, man, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm actually wondering, like, how about in, in India? I mean, just, just knowing how, how dense the population is, yeah. I'm sure it's pretty bad, too. So it's hard to say, like, again, I'm not an expert, but what I have read is that, one, the Indian strain is different than the one here, right? There's already a bunch of strains. I forgot how many now. So there's that. And also how India is handling it uh, is different. They did crazy lockdowns, but I read something that was the reason why they're not seeing insane numbers is possibly because their immune systems are so good over there because it's so... It's yeah. not like it's it's dirty there from from a bacterial perspective compared yeah, to yeah. here. So uh, their immune systems are actually much better. Um, like I had a conversation with one of my former students who's a firefighter here in Vancouver. And this is early in the pandemic. And he was like, you know, I'm not that worried because I don't see the homeless people dropping dead. And you would have thought they would have been the first people to drop dead on mass. And he's like, mm -hmm. I don't see it. Like I was expecting bodies to drop left, right. And, but it's, you know, if you think about it, like the homeless people are exposed to all sorts of stuff all the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. And their immune system, though it may be compromised because of the lifestyle is also stronger in many other ways. <laughs> yeah. Cause you it's know. just used to it. You know, you're, yeah. You're, 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 yeah, exactly. You're just used to that shit. Yeah. Do you find mm -hmm. yourself talking to a lot of people about this stuff or is it just not in your, like, no, man, man uh, we you've talked about this. Uh, yeah. Uh, Okay, with regards to people saying it's a the pandemic thing. Okay, let, let's put it this way. My opinion is this, and I'm pretty much sure we all know that this pandemic is for real, right? Yes. I mean, it's. Yep. It, I mean, I mean this 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 COVID thing is for real. Yeah. Like, in a way, if you don't wear masks, uh, you might really infect someone. It it kind of helps masks. Yeah. But my other line of thinking is, I don't think. Like I think it was released on purpose, but that's a whole that's a whole new different. Yeah, I know, right? That's yeah. a whole new different topic, man. But uh, it's funny because I have very conservative friends in the states, and I have obviously people who I'm I don't get along with as much who are very left wing, and I'm like I can't have a conversation with either of them because I have conservative friends where I'm like, you know, I don't think mask mandates are the best idea but to say masks don't work outright is just a silly thing to say but then on the other side it's like hey i think this is going a little overboard and they're like no you're a grandma killer and you're like does nobody want to be reasonable <laughs> like, yeah yeah exactly it's it's it's, it's, it's it, dude it's extremes on both sides you know it's like antifa and you know the the right the, the right wing extremists dude and then then the left is kind of saying, oh, no, it's not Antifa. There's no such thing as Antifa. They're not nonsense. Come on. <laughs> Dude, come on, man. Like, seriously, both both ends, they're terrorists or extremists or whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, Antifa has been listed as a terrorist organization a long a while ago. And even, you know, in the States, the Democrats agreed that, yes, they're a terrorist organization. But then the media won't talk about it. They're like, Antifa is not that bad. And you're like, have you been to Portland, man? Yeah, dude, uh, Portland's <laughs> that bad. Like, it's that bad. It seems like, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, 
Last time I was in Portland was in 2017 for a jiu-jitsu competition, and I was just at a bar, like just a, a regular bar. Uh, I think you're... Oh, there you go. Um, and well, I was just... I made then, what? Things were okay then. I mean... Yeah, there were, there, were, there were protests, but the city wasn't... Like, there were violent protests periodically, but they weren't... It was The city wasn't like a disaster. Protests for what? Who the fuck well, knows, man? These people are running around like crazy. But I remember making a joke just to the bartender, and she got mad at me, like, no, we support these people. And it's like, but they're destroying things. She's like, we support them. I'm like, holy shit. She's like, she got aggressive with me, the bartender. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm like, I'm just okay. not going to talk to anyone in this city because I'm like, okay, so you guys are okay with people smashing and burning shit and taking shit over. And I'm the asshole because I'm like, dude, I wouldn't tolerate that. Even Canada, we don't tolerate that shit. Like, you know, as left wing as Vancouver is, they would never tolerate that here. Like, not a chance. So what's know? going on in Portland? Like, what, 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 what kind of dumb fucker is going on there? Well, here's what I think. This is where you will be called it. Well, I'll be called a conspiracy thing. I think the powers that be wanted Trump gone so bad. They wanted to look at look like things had completely destabilized under his rule, and they were just allowing it to happen instead of doing something about it. For example, you know they'll call him a dictator or a tyrant or all this nonsense, and it's like, okay, but he actually would be like, hey, do you want me to send in the national guard? I can send in the national guard, and they'd be like, no, fuck off, you dictator, and it's like. You guys clearly have a violence problem. I can send in the National Guard. And anytime they told him no, he's like, okay, fine. So he'd get yelled at for not doing anything, but he's also doing it the, the proper way, which is, do you guys need help from the federal government? Right? Mm -hmm. And, and they're just, they would have rather let their cities burn than accept yeah, I mean, help from him. Then accept, yeah, I know. I know. You know? I know. And it's you just know. like, what the fuck? You guys you are know, crazy. Man, Trump's an idiot because he talks too much but i really think the media in a way just went overboard and people became irrational there was you know like like people started being hypocrites yeah well i'm Not seeing that, that the right that the people on the right aren't you yeah. know like i also don't like to be honest with you i like neither republicans nor democrats no. well it's a Be fucked up system <laughs> like before i would like to say i was liberal before but what happened i'm like i don't know man i i still think i'm liberal but i don't know these guys who claim to be liberal they're, they're well here cool. well here's a good question what do you think a liberal is that's another good question man uh well when it comes to to being a liberal i think it's just more of being more accepting of you know uh different points of views and Looking at it this way, I think I'm more of a libertarian because yeah. I hate government intervention. I don't like free stuff. Why? Yeah. Because once you understand how the financial system works, you're going to understand it. It's all, all this free stuff. You're going to pay for it via inflation or taxes. No yeah. question. It, it, it's going to come down to you via one or two ways, man. Yeah. Inflation or taxes. And, you know, this is actually a fucked... I'm in a fucked up situation where it's like, I don't like government interference. They won't let me run my business properly. And if I don't take the money, I'm going to go bankrupt. And it's this really... You can't do your business. Here's the money. And first of all, it's not enough money. And second of all, it's like, 
you can't run your business. And then when you talk to people, it's like, I'd rather run my business than have to close and shut down. And it's like a vicious loop where, you know, people be like, you're a hypocrite for taking it. It's like, no, I don't have a choice. I literally, they're fucking me in the ass either way. Right now in Canada, so how's your business now? Don't mind me asking. I it's around. Like I'm surviving, but it's you know too many people are terrified to train. There's too many people who believe the government and the scientists, and let's say there's some people who don't give a shit or are using their fucking brains and being like, yeah, John, you can train me to a degree. Um, you know, I'm not gonna get too much detailed. Okay. But the bottom line is that the martial arts schools that are following the letter of the law to the T are going bankrupt. Except Rishi Baha. Well, that's a huge, huge, huge thing. <laughs> the reason why the school, what I found was fascinating. There's a couple really big schools here that have a lot of money, a lot of money, and they're closed completely. What, uh, are, these, are these jiu-jitsu schools or martial arts? In schools? general, like I don't want to, because it's on the internet, I don't want to say specifics, but I've noticed that the, the schools that I know and can reasonably guess have millions of dollars in the bank were just like closed. And then I talked to other schools who do pretty good or were making it, but you know, martial artists, most schools don't make that much money. And they basically, in you know, conversations are like saying, listen, it, I need to do what's best for my students. And if we stay closed completely in the way they want us to, my students, some of them will kill themselves. And so this, every school owner has had conversations like that, I think. And I think, you know, the mental health issue was brought up so early on and ignored, completely ignored. And, and you're seeing it now that, it, oh, the conspiracy theories were right, that this was obvious. I don't need to do a fucking study to know this was going to happen. And so, like, you see a lot of these big schools that, you know, they look really flashy on the outside, but they, they didn't care about their students. They're like, oh, we're just, we're not going to offer classes because we can't, we can't do this. And then you look around and maybe, you know, there are places that have been doing stuff a lot of the time anyway. And it hasn't made COVID worse for anyone. And it's just like, you'll see who really genuinely cares about their students and cares about martial arts and those who just did it as a means to an end. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people are furious with our government. Again, I feel happy that we're not in a place where it's like full on lockdown. But yeah, it's, it's have... like in Toronto or in, in Montreal. It's yeah. worse. Right? Yeah. And uh, it, it's just like you've basically said you don't give a fuck about us. Like they mm -hmm. don't give a fuck. And you see which industries are allowed to stay open for the most part. And they are the industries that contribute to the GDP the most, the movie industry, in this Vancouver specifically, movie industry and the restaurant industry. They were allowed to reopen really fast. You know, yes, they had some restrictions, but, you know, the thing is with the martial arts, my understanding was that there's no, for jiu-jitsu in particular, there's no provincial sports body to govern it. Judo has it, wrestling has it, and they're, yeah. on, they're all under something called Via Sport. Now, in the early days... Uh, our provincial health minister who I think shouldn't have been in this job because it's Dr. Bonnie Henry is while I'm sure she's a nice woman clearly is not a politician and she doesn't belong in this, in the, in this, this power position. Um, and, uh, they basically 
found it to be too complicated of an industry to deal with. And so they just said, fuck it. Because, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. you know. That's not a question about Bonnie Henry. Uh, when I was in the hospital, you know, yeah. for my birth, uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, about, I, I actually asked uh, the nurse who was treating my wounds, like, oh, you know, we're, we're pretty lucky that we didn't get hit that bad with COVID. Remember, this was July, right? Like, yeah. BC, in a way, wasn't that bad, right? Compared yeah. to pretty much the rest of North America. And they were like, oh, because Bonnie Henry, she saved us. I'm like, how? Yeah. Oh, but, okay. Uh, I think we're just lucky. Seriously, I, like, I really think, because here in BC, especially Lower Mainland, it's it's a pretty big place. I don't think it has anything to do with luck. I think it has to do with stuff people don't want to talk about. Bonnie Henry did nothing to make it work. It's what is the demographics of Metro Vancouver? Do you know? Uh, Not not a lot of people like two million, three million. Well, demographics, the breakdown. Yeah, so it's two and a half million, maybe three in the greater Metro Vancouver area. 80% Asian. Of that 80%, how many are Chinese? What did the Chinese community do immediately? What? Self-isolated, wore wear masks. A lot of Chinese people in the in Vancouver don't really integrate with other cultures that much. They say they do, but like I do. I grew up in Richmond. I know people who don't speak English and have been here 30 years, okay? Yeah, yeah. So what it was is that because the Chinese uh, people here, this is me speculating, knew what was going on in China because they have their friends, they all just kind of like a lot of Chinese places were just shut down early. And because Vancouver is not as integrated as people keep saying it is, it didn't spread as fast, right? And then, you know, uh, nobody did any border controls whatsoever until recently. Yeah, I know, I know. And I know, it, man. Yeah. And, and so basically once it did jump to the other communities on a more serious thing, that's why things um, shifted. The other thing that shifted from uh, the first wave to the second wave was testing methodology. Well, they're using PCR to, again, I'm not an expert. If anyone wants to hate on me, I'm admitting I'm not an expert. But the PCR testing, uh, it just kind of says like you're sick, you're not sick. And they were using a testing methodology that would basically test you positive for fucking anything. It would just test you positive. And the other thing is, and I've never gotten this question answered. So coronavirus is a whole family of viruses, like a huge family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which includes the flu, which includes the cold, yeah. which includes SARS, MERS. SARS, right? Yeah. My question is, when they said you're COVID positive, were you coronavirus positive or were you COVID-19 positive? And I've never got that answer. Because let's say I had the flu and all they're testing is, do you have coronavirus? Well, yeah, I have the flu. I have coronavirus. I don't have COVID-19. And so they were basically setting the tests at a, a, a cycling rate uh, that would test positive for fucking anything. And recently, right after the fucking U.S. election, they changed the standard to be lower. And all of a sudden, in the second wave, the numbers dropped dramatically. And so when I'm like, you motherfuckers are testing, you're screwing around with the testing methodology, the data collection methodology, right? And anyone with a brain knows this is what's going on. Yeah, man, you know, it, 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 it just, it just doesn't, you know, it, it just doesn't add up. Some of the stuff just doesn't add up, man. Yeah. And, and, and this is, this is what I was saying to my girlfriend. I'm like, 
you know, these experts and these politicians think they're so smart, but, and I'm going to be fair. I agree with them. Most people are dumb as shit. I'll say it. But if the dumb people are figuring out you're lying to them, <laughs> don't you think it's kind of obvious? <laughs> like, that's the way I look at it. Like, you guys are manipulating and lying and covering up and screwing around and it's all politics and it's not about the health and safety of people. <coughs> it's mm, not being yeah. about that a long time ago. And, and what's this other thing about Cuomo? Like, I think... Oh, Andrew Cuomo. They got caught, fan. like... Like, um, doctoring all the, you know, the, the deaths and all that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this is my understanding of that. So anyone who doesn't know, Andrew Cumio was the governor, is the governor of New York. And he, New York has been one of the worst hit states in the <laughs> New York, New Jersey, California. Not, as the media has been saying, Texas and Florida, which are doing pretty damn good. Um, so Kumio basically made decisions to take COVID positive seniors and force them back into the old folks home. And as a direct result, a lot of people died. Uh, what they're going for after him now is the sexual assault allegations because they're whoa, using whoa, 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 sexual yeah. assault. Yeah. So he, he's known to be an asshole. Uh, a lot of, from people who are in politics, they've, nobody likes the guy. He's a piece of shit. And they don't want to go after him for the COVID deaths thing, even though he pretty much committed a crime and killed people as a result of his, his policies, because then that makes democratic policies look bad. So they're going after him for the sexual assault allegations, which are racking up really fast because the, everyone hates this guy. He's an asshole. But, you know, pre-2000, uh, pre the election this year, he was a saint, but people were like, hey, no, he's not. He's not. He's doing all this stuff. And then uh, and now they're throwing him under the bus because he's no longer useful anymore. You know, it's like this is this is like it's not conspiracy theory. It's like it's double, triple, quadruple standards going on uh, about, well, if a Republican does the same thing, he's evil and he's the devil and but if you actually look at the republican party in the states if you if there's an actual republican person who actually does something nazi-like the republicans throw them under the bus immediately they're not nazi because you call them a nazi they're because they did something that was very uh, they throw them under the, when the debt what the democrats do and as you're seeing in canada the liberals party of canada is they'll cover for you until you're no longer politically convenient and then they'll throw you under the bus so the standard yeah but it's just so obvious now <laughs> it's easy to prove now yeah and they're just denying it denying nope that's not what happened it's like i just saw it nope you, you you don't know how what you saw it's like he saw it too no he didn't like that's what's going on you know yeah yeah uh -huh. Crazy. Well, since now that we talked about uh, about Gina Carano, what are your views on that? Well, you had a question. What was the question specifically? No, no it, it, it's just that uh, Gina Carano, I mean, as, as a Jew, how do you feel about what Gina Carano said compared to what people have been comparing Trump to? You know, they're comparing Trump to Hitler. I mean, you know, I really don't like Trump, but... Yeah, Dude, I don't think he's Hitler by any by no, any. He's not even close to Hitler, man. Yeah, so I am a bad Jew. Let's put it that way. I did not fit in with Jews here. I don't really fit in with Jews in Israel. I don't really fit in. I'm not really like I'm Jewish, obviously. Like I am Jewish, 
but my ideology and attitudes are very different. So to answer the question, it's complicated. So you have the American Jewry, right? Jews in America are very, very left wing, like very blindly left wing. And so much so they don't even get along with a lot of Jews in Israel a lot of the time because there's the political ideology are very different. And so like right or left wing in Israel is just is different than here. Now, I remember I went to university from 2012 through whatever. I finished it up last year. I took a three or four year gap because I just can't deal with these people anymore. And I just went back. Where, where UBC? No, I went to Kwantlen. Okay. Like 2012 to 2015, I started seeing this crazy attitudes. And back then, uh, Stephen Harper was still the prime minister of Canada. And there were yeah. people calling him a Hitler and a Nazi. And it's like, what has he done? That Stephen Harper was the most vanilla, boring, like lame politician who's a religious Christian who wouldn't like, he's awkward and like you're calling him a Nazi? And I remember like someone who's like gay, he's like, yeah, he's going after the gay people, he's a Nazi. I'm like, you, you do know Stephen Harper told his own party while I don't agree with gay marriage, we're dropping this issue because more Canadians believe in it and we just have to accept it. And I'm like, how is that a Nazi? And so now you get people saying that Trump is a Nazi because of stuff that he's allegedly doing, which is not even true. The, the big one people like to talk about is the, um, the children cages thing, which is like, okay, it was an Obama... Biden era policy that Trump didn't even know about. You threw him under the bus for it because you don't like Trump. And then he got rid of it. Oh, and guess what? Biden is back in power and they reopened those centers again. And it, it's quietly swept under the rug. And he's not a Nazi. He's not even close to a Nazi. Is he an asshole? Does he like attention? Does he say dumb shit? Yeah. Yes, but you need to separate the policy from the person. And when you look, a lot of the things people were giving him shit for policy wise was Obama's policies, not his. And people don't bother to look into it. Now, I have an individual on my Facebook and I've said this on this podcast before. If this guy's uh, listening, fuck you. He is a journalist who says things like we need to cleanse this country of People who believe like him. He's American. Okay. And wait, you're saying you want to cleanse the Republican Party of people who don't agree with you? I'm like, that sounds a lot like Nazis to me. That's a Jew saying that. <laughs> and I just think that people have been brainwashed. Like the Jews are so paranoid about this thing happening again. They just, oh, there's Nazis that vote Republican. They must all be Nazis. It's like, no, that's not what happens. That's not even close to how that works. Are there Nazis in America? Sure. Are there Nazis in Canada? Sure. How many are there? I don't know, 20,000? They're in those that fucking Charlottesville village or whatever, you know, where mm-hmm. they had those protests. They're not all over the country. And so I think the comparison, the, 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 the thing that Jews are getting tired of and I find very annoying is that the comparison of everyone to Hitler is offensive because it's stupid. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, if, if, if I was a Jew who had family who died during the Holocaust, I'd be fucking offended. To be honest yeah. with you, I'd be like, dude, fuck, dude Now, with that being said, <laughs> Gina Carana's sentiment is not offensive to me because I agree with her, is that the rules and 
the rules of the game and the policies of the Democrats and the liberals are so much more authoritarian by a long shot than anything, yeah, anything anyone on the right is doing right now. Uh, and I don't agree with the religious aspect of the right. So I can separate that. I'm like, listen, on certain issues, I don't agree with them at all. But as a how I would like a country to be run of freedoms, I much prefer that. And what I see is all Gina Carano did was point out the, these policies are starting to look a lot like Nazi Germany in the early 1930s. And I agree. I am terrified because what, like what we're seeing in Canada is the Liberal Party basically saying, you're not allowed to have guns, fuck you. Everyone's saying, the majority of Canadians, including premiers of provinces, are like, fuck off. And he's like, nope, majority of Canadians want to do this. It's like, no, they don't. Just Toronto. Just Toronto. That's it. And you get basically getting these people on the left in North America. So you need to separate North American politics from other countries because it's different, and that's something people don't know how to do. Um, in North America, it's the left that is acting more like Nazis as far as policy. Are they murdering people? No. I'm saying it's concerning because the way they're acting regarding their policies looks a lot like pre-Holocaust Germany. You start slowly. And by the way, it's not specific to Nazis. It's Maoist and Stalinist to do things like breakup of the family unit. No, 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 no. You get kids throwing their parents under the bus now. Oh, that, it's like the Hitler, Hitler youth, whatever he had. Like, that's mm-hmm. what's going on right now. They're taking away the family units. They're saying the state, the state, you should trust the state, not your parents. And I'm like, okay, this is authoritarian. This is the play, authoritarian playbook to the max, what's going on. And I think I a lot of Jews in the U.S. are just blinded and are naive because they live in safe little bubbles, a lot of them, to think that, oh, it's because there are those Charlotte's whatever Nazis, white supremacists that vote Republican or like to vote for Trump, that makes everything on the right bad. And while you don't, well, I'm, I should, I'm anti-authoritarian. And the accusations that the right is authoritarian uh, in North America I don't see it. In some countries in Europe, yes. But what people will do is they'll compare what's going on in the country over there to over here. The politics are different. Uh, what's considered left and right is mm-hmm. different. right? What I see is authoritarianism from the left in North America. In England, for example, it's a conservative government. And they're acting like a bunch of fucking crazy authoritarians in England. <laughs> right? But England is a separate story where it's, they still have elitism like through the fucking roof there and they have this class system still in England. They pretend like they don't, but they do. And it's, mm-hmm. it really it doesn't matter where, what country you're in. It's, it's elites versus not elites, really. You know, and that's and it's all about people. that, man. It's all about that. Yeah. Does, that like, does that make sense? Like, yeah. The, yeah, my opinion. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, that's what's scaring me right now. You know, like... Uh, you know, just just with regards to how the pandemic happens, like you know, me. Uh, just to let you know, I, I've been I've been studying the central bank since 2010. That's the reason why I got into gold, silver, and bit. That that's actually my Bitcoin story. But, <laughs> no, uh, let's hear it. This is this is why I wanted to have you on in the first place, <laughs> or today okay. at least. But uh, 
But yeah, uh, 2019, late 2019, October, a lot of people don't know it, but there was really shit going on with the repo market in the central banks. Now, when you say repo market, a lot of people are like, what the fuck is that, man? Actually, it's the shadow banking system. It's like, it's like how your piping system works in your house. It's basically things that we're not really supposed to know. It's it's internal, how how to remain solvent, how they, you know, how they exchange securities just to remain solvent. Mm. That itself already had big problems. Yeah. And it was really gonna blow up. It was really gonna blow up. If it blew up, which which it did, by the way, it would really uh cause Haywalk in the financial system, then COVID conveniently happened. Because, you know, usually when a big financial disaster happens or like a depression, there's what you call a black swan event. Yeah. You know, like something will really happen intentionally or not. I really thought the, the thing with Iran was the black swan event that will. That will just lead the world into, you know, a big economic depression. Apparently not. Because Iran is full of shit. Yeah, it was pandemic. It was the pandemic, which was something that I really did not see happening. Yeah. Now, whether it was done on purpose or it was it was a coincidence, we really wouldn't know. But whatever you say, it helped. It really helped the central banks, you know, uh, not take the blame for it. And it helped them pump a lot more money and print it. I mean, if, if, if you look which at the way, stock... Uh, market, which event are we talking about right now? The pandemic. Oh, uh, it's 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 the stock market going up. Like, dude, how how weird was that? If you well, were if, if you were following the stock market... Yeah. Like, dude, how the hell would, would you know, would airline company stocks yeah. go up? You know, I, learned, I actually learned a lot of stuff this year regarding the markets. And a couple things. The, the the black swan is a term from the book Black Swan by Nassim Taleb. I haven't read that book of his. I've read his other book, Anti-Fragile, which I think is a must read for everyone. Um, but, you know, I learned a lot with this. You know, my girlfriend's a financial planner, too. So I learned a lot and we were looking at it. And a couple things I learned. So I will agree with left wing people who say that we need to stop using GDP as a measure of how countries are doing because that's generally a measure of the stock market and and the big you know 500 companies here's the thing 80 or 90 percent of the stock market is traded by five percent of the people which means which means that the average person's not really in the stock market in the states it is because it's their 401ks are in the stock market and most people don't know that in canada your cpp and retirement etc um but basically if you have capital when the market is down, you will make a shit ton of money because the market will go up eventually. Well, the pandemic, the average person was fucked and had no money. So, of course, the wealthy are going to get wealthier again because they have shit tons of capital. Oh, the market its like in the 2008 crisis. I was saying, man, I wish I had money. I would have bought up blocks and blocks in Detroit because you could do so for like nothing. And now the houses, housing prices is going back up. So it's not that perspective of it. I'm like, okay, well, it's not specifically the elites. That's just how money works. Now, something that I learned, the whole uh, GameStop shit, I found out. It, a girlfriend said something about after hours trading. I'm like, well, what do you mean after hours trading? Well, when the market's closed, these big assholes can still trade. And I was like, what the fuck? 
So, you know, I think that is more akin to the kind of stuff you're talking about, the shadow market. It's like, wait, so they're still allowed to trade after the market closes? That's not fair. You yeah, dude, 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 it's it's really, if you look at how the stock market is, I, I remember also uh, hearing a podcast, I, I completely forgot, but uh, it was funny. They said that the stock market is a measurement of rich people's feelings or emotions. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it's it's so funny, man. And, you know, it's, it's so real. It's it's so true, right? So yeah, you would really see that the game is really uh was really designed for them and not for us. That's the reason why I'm really excited about the concept of decentralized exchanges and decentralized finance, which yeah. is so maybe happening. like uh like you're I can't remember. You're an accountant by trade or what are you? No, no. You just in oh. it, in it by the, by the side, like for. No, well, uh, right now I'm a sales guy for a software company. Oh, yeah. uh, I graduated management information systems, so so I did coding. Yeah. But uh, what what really got me into finance in a way was okay. This happened in 2006. I was in New York. I I was living in New York. My brother visited me. Now my brother, he's the financial guy. He's really good with traditional finance, you know. Uh, just, just to let you know right now, when I refer to traditional finance, it's the current financial system that we have because yeah. now there's new finance, which yeah. is in the blockchain, which yeah. is decentralized finance. So like uh, currency, like nationally backed currency is the traditional sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the traditional thing that we have right now, Wall Street, hedge funds, everything, right? Yeah. So yeah, my, my brother's really good at that. So we were walking down Wall Street when he visited me in New York. Uh, he was like, hey, you see all these banks? Uh, he was talking about Merrill Lynch and, uh, you know, those other banks. He was like, man, in, in a couple of years, there's going to be a big crisis. Yeah. Man, a whole lot of this shit will be will be over, you know. Yeah. And I was like, why? It was like, oh, uh, <laughs> these derivatives that they're using. Uh, oh man, it's it's crazy. It's crazy what they're doing right now. They're just they're just they're just uh, giving people free money so they can buy houses and all these bad debts. They're collateralizing it into into their four hundred one case. I was like, shit, I don't understand what the hell that means. Yeah. Two years later, it happened. You know, the, the whole collapse happened, right? Yeah. And I was like, damn. So yeah, my my brother did see it. He called it out two years before it and happened. It's funny. Um, the book Black Swan. He wrote that book because he's like, this thing's gonna collapse, and they're like, no, it's not. But they told him he was crazy, Nassim Taleb. He's like, it's gonna collapse. Fuck you! I'm gonna write a book. And like six months later, after the book was published, the collapse happened, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And now he's super famous. He's like, "Yeah, yeah." He's basically nicely saying, "Cause you're all greedy assholes, and you're all idiots, and you all have your heads up in your ass. If you actually sit down and look at shit, you'll see exactly what's gonna happen." There you go. There you go. Yeah, it's like have you seen the movie The Big Short? I have not watched it yet. Oh yeah, it's 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 pretty much the same thing. It's it's pretty much the same thing. These guys, you know, right? It's really good. It will really. Uh, make you understand what happened in 2008. Yeah. I did, though, listen to a podcast with the actual guy who was uh, involved in that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, right? <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, I'm mistaking it. The podcast I listened to was the actual guy that the Wolf of Wall Street was based off of. Oh, 
Oh, that's different. That's different. Yeah. That's different. I'm mixing Wolf it Wall up. Street is a little bit different. But it's the same concept that there's a bunch of jackasses running around making the rules, breaking the rules, screwing everyone else over, getting wealthy <laughs> for it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, a lot of you know, uh, like I don't know if you're aware of it, but uh, we're we're really heading into shit, man. Like that's why I'm buying I, cryptocurrency too. <laughs> hyperinflation is super real like a lot of people don't under like like me when it happened when when i realized my brother was really smart i was like shit i need to get financially literate mm-hmm. and the best way to start really is to start with currency and money yeah because that's the most basic fundamental thing and once you understand how central banks work and how money is actually you know this currency that we have it's it's bullshit man yeah. it's, it's fake money it's just money being printed out and we're all you know we're all we're all uh riding this yeah dream and when we wake up which what will happen soon man oh my god man it's gonna be that's why they want to take the guns away like i'm sorry exactly. like People don't want to learn history anymore. And they're like, wow, because history is racist. Believe it or not, it's like, listen, I understand history is written by the victors and you can modify history as new facts come up. But you know who? what hasn't changed in the last forever is human behavior. And so they don't want us to have guns. That's why Canada's doing this. Because, you know, I remember in um, when I was in university, there was this education professor, not even a financial, but edu- running around like, telling everyone oh yeah the governments can just print money all our policies are good i'm like you're not concerned about hyperinflation he's like no no it's not a thing it's we're smarter than they used to be we, we won't have that same problem i'm like i don't think that's how that works and but that's what they've been running around telling people it's like you know aoc in america has a fucking economics degree and i'm like she has an economics degree, like the shit. Coming she out wants of to milk. push uh, the modern monetary theorem, like dude. It's bullshit. That is, that is just wrong. Yeah, but, and I'm. But t- yeah, dude. Uh, just just to predict the future, like like okay, if if they really plan to turn into a socialist thing, which is what's happening right now. The funny thing is that with with the crypto world, two systems are gonna run in parallel. There's yeah. this socialist system the traditional system and there's going to be real capitalist system and it's going to be funny because they're both going to fight and i'm pretty much sure i know who's going to (laughs) win i mean no idiot like even if you were super left you don't want to lose money man i mean you're going to realize sooner or later that hey shit man you know uh oh i'm on the wrong side yeah well what i think is going to happen politically is that you're going to see the split uh, any country that's too big geographically is going to split up. So I think America is going to split up into three or four or five different thing uh, places. Canada's depends if this <laughs> moron gets reelected again. I just don't see it going any other way. Um, like I was reading something about Alberta's economics. Now, to be fair, uh, Alberta, the oil thing is kind of done. You guys fucked up. You put all your, your stuff in one basket. And yes, we should try to monetize as much as we can while considering the environment. But the point that was in this article was the we have what's called equalization payments in Canada, where the wealthier provinces pay the provinces that aren't doing so well. Well, Alberta for... Uh, I don't know, many years now has not been making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And it was like 
their equalization payments to the rest of Canada is the reason that they're going into debt because their equalization payments is more than their own budget now. And it, like, I forgot what the actual numbers is like. And Alberta's like, why are we paying money to Quebec? It's always Quebec gets money no matter what. Their economy yeah. is crap. And it's like, Alberta's like, we would be, we would have a balanced budget and a surplus still if we didn't have to keep paying this insane equalization payment to other provinces because that's what's killing our economy. And they, like, that's the socialist idea. And they refuse to change it even though based on the numbers, Alberta shouldn't be paying equalization right now. They should be receiving it. They refuse to change it because guess which the two big provinces economies have not been doing well still. So if Alberta doesn't keep paying to these, to Quebec in particular, but also Ontario or the other provinces, the entire economy collapses because those provinces can't sustain themselves. Right. Yeah. And now you got a, a prime minister uh, I again, I would have preferred no lockdowns and let us open up. And, and if you're if you're elderly, you obviously take precautions. And if people want to wear masks, you wear masks. And I think that's a much better approach a la Texas and, and Florida. Um, you have everyone around the world telling our prime minister, you're printing too much money. You have too much debt. You have too much debt. You're printing too much money, even in his own party, even liberals. They're just cowards that aren't don't want to say, hey, guys, we got to get rid of this guy. He is going to destroy the country because I'm like, so we have authoritarian authoritarianism to the max on the left. We are going to see hyperinflation soon. At some point, the bubble is going to. And I'm like, how is this not exactly like 1930s Germany? okay, or pre like 1920s Germany? Yeah, I'm like, this is exactly what's happening. They're like, and you get these historians are like, history doesn't repeat itself. And I'm like, well, literally it won't because it can't, but I'm seeing, yeah, right. I'm seeing a lot of, they're like, nope, the Republicans are Nazis. Nope, the conservatives are Nazis. Nope, you're homophobic, transphobic, racist. I'm like, ah, and it's not just me. It's a lot of people. And it's like, dude, we're driving off a fucking cliff and you can see it. No, you can't. It's all in your head. It's like, it's right there. No, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, man. You know, um, Man, since 2010, you know, once I really figured out that hyperinflation was inevitable, that's when I started buying, like, gold, silver, man. So, yeah, just to let you know, that's how my Bitcoin thing started. So, I've been buying gold and silver. Uh, That was, like, 2010 at the Vancouver Bullion and Currency Exchange. I I bought from them, too, yeah. When when, when I first... uh, uh landed because i landed in canada july 2010 so november i was there at the currency exchange Uh, i was buying silver then there was this ukrainian kid uh he was still in college Mm. he was still a university student he just moved to you know to to canada i think because he he really had a thick accent yeah and he was like oh okay you're buying silver there's this new thing right now bitcoin it's digital gold i'm like are you talking about that <laughs> then he was like man you know it's gonna replace the central banks one day i'm like this kid's crazy yeah whatever whatever you know like but like he 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 was really passionate about it so i pretended to you know to to be interested in it and i was like dude whatever whatever then i then i think a couple of months later do you know max kaiser do you know that guy sounds familiar yeah, uh, he's, he's he's also one of those guys who does his podcast. Uh, he's really against the central banks. He's he was the first 
he was the first uh he was one of the first guys who was really pro bitcoin uh who was anti central bank so he he said the same thing so i was like hmm uh, this might be something worth looking into but i didn't buy any bitcoin until 2014 yeah i bought 10 when it was like $500 yeah Do you still so, have ten? Uh, That's the question. <laughs> Do you still have ten? <laughs> okay, here's, here's the funny thing, right? So, so I got it. Uh, I remember that was my first big paycheck from all the commissions I made yeah. from closing a big deal. So it was like seven thousand Canadian, sixty-five uh, hundred Canadian for ten uh, for ten Bitcoin. So I bought it. I didn't really think about it that much. Except in 2017, three years later, when it fucking went through the roof, yeah, went through the roof. So I was like, okay, I, you know, rule number one when you're investing, which is, which is so wrong with, with what I did. I didn't know shit about Bitcoin. I just bought it, yeah, just to diversify my gold and silver holdings. I didn't study. I didn't actually know what blockchain was. Yeah. So it jumped from 600 to. To twenty-five thousand, right? But when it was at six thousand, I sold eight of it. Yeah. I was like, "Holy shit! What the shit? What what the fuck is this?" I I sold eight of it, and two are still with me. So I was like, "Okay, I need to study what the hell Bitcoin is all about." So yeah, for the next two weeks, uh, I remember one whole weekend from Friday all the way to Sunday, I was just in the internet for like eight ten hours. Just watching stuff, you know, and then I took the course mm. on a uh, blockchain technology. Right after taking the course, I wanted to punch my face back. Fuck! <laughs> like, oh, why did I sell that shit? So since then, I've been I've been buying since since three years ago. I've just been accumulating, and now you know I have. Okay, put it this way: I did not reach the original ten yeah. that I initially bought. I I did not reach that, but I did buy. Ethereum, because uh, I also understood what Ethereum was. I also took a course in Ethereum, and now I'm taking a course in uh, Solidity. Are you familiar with that? No, the, I have. That's a programming language used for well, Ethereum. I have. Uh, well, not a lot. See, I'll tell you my Bitcoin story. Is I heard about it in 2011, and then uh, I started hearing about um, blockchain, and I looked into it. And I heard blockchain explained, and I just like I'm like that is the future. Like, you know, I don't really understand it. I'm not a programmer, but I was like decentralized economies. I'm like, that is the only way to go. And I was just like, like a light bulb went off. Now I was asking people like, how do I get Bitcoin? Back then you had to mine it. And I'm not <laughs> like, you know, I don't have it. And then, you know, there were exchanges in other countries, not in North America. And it was a pain Mount in the ass to get them set up. Yeah, I never, I never was on Mt. Gox, but like Bitstamp was one of the early ones. And I did get a Bitstamp <laughs> yeah. account. I still have one. Um, but it's like number one in investing. Why rich get rich when the market is shit? You need capital. I'm a martial artist, which means I don't have capital, and that's been my problem. And then I remember when Bitcoin crashed after the nineteen thousand or whatever twenty thousand thousand, and I'm like, it's two thousand bucks. I'm like, I should buy one, and I'm like, I just I don't have the capital. And now it's like I still don't really have that much capital especially not during this year where I was finally doing good and then boom hits. And then it's like, yeah, but now I'm just like, I got to stop 
stop letting the fear because I am so confident in Bitcoin and Ethereum. I'm so confident in where, where this is going. I'm just going to slowly buy as I go because yeah. it's going to go up just by how it works. It has nowhere to go but up, in particular Bitcoin. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if in like 30 years it's like a million dollars of Bitcoin. You know, yeah. totally guessing a number there. But, you know, uh, you'll see actually ads. I don't know if you see them pop up, be like, oh, this is all overhyped. And it's like, oh, these are, that's the fucking market people trying to screw with you. You know, you see article after article about why this is never going to work. And then, you know, I saw one on Mark Cuban who's like, yeah. He's like, I changed my mind on Bitcoin. I've yeah. moved 3% of my assets into it. It's here to stay. Get over yourselves. You know? I, just, I just watched it yesterday, uh, that thing about Mark, Mark Cuban. Yeah, man. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, if, if you truly understand what the blockchain is, I was like, holy shit, it's a trust layer. It's not, you know, like the first use case would be for cryptocurrencies. Yeah. But, dude, it, it goes way beyond that. And, you know, like the elections, like, like voting, Voting could be put on the blockchain. Yeah. And it's super disruptive. It's a super disruptive technology that it will, like, if it's fully adopted, uh, KPMG, all these auditing firms are done. Because yeah. everything gets audited instantaneously if your transaction is in the blockchain. Like, everything gets... You, you really need to rethink about how you do things. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was, I, I, I don't know if you saw, I posted on my Facebook uh, a, po a podcast from uh, uh, Tim Ferriss. He did an interview with someone named Katie Hahn. And Katie Hahn, uh, let me read her biography. I posted, you can listen to I really recommend you listen to it if you haven't listened to it yet. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, let me just see. Uh, so she is... I'm just reading off of this. She is a general partner at Anderson and Horowitz. Previously, she spent a decade as a federal prosecutor with the D U.S. Department of Justice, where she focused on fraud, cybercrime, corporate crime alongside agencies like the SEC, FBI, and Treasury. Uh, and she was responsible for the government's first cryptocurrency task force. And now what she was saying is they were asking her, you need to shut this down. You need to shut it down. You need to shut it down. It's, it's only being used for crime. It's bad. You know, that's what the government keeps saying. And then her husband said, like, hey, I think you should read up on this stuff. Like, it's not what they're telling you. Because, you know, the I will make the joke, the old white people who are so detached from reality, they don't know what the fuck's going on. And so she looked in, she's like, oh, no, this is the future. And so she did end up going after, like, she would actually look at criminals uh, using cryptocurrency. But she never went after, she basically didn't go after it. And because of her, I suspect they're not going to criminalize it outright because she basically said, no, this is the future. I will go after actual criminals. And the big case she ended up prosecuting was um, to do with the FBI or agents that were actually extorting the criminals. And she actually ended up prosecuting the FBI, the corrupt FBI agent. Really? Yeah. Um, the other thing I found was super interesting about the podcast. She was talking about Google and how they don't give a fuck about the government. And they had a subpoena from a federal judge saying we need to get this Google whatever for a murder case. What was Google's response? Do you know? Take a well, guess. Can you say that again? Uh, for, for a murder case? So she was prosecuting a murder case separate of the cryptocurrency stuff. And okay. they had a subpoena from a federal court, right? For Google to provide them with some information regarding this individual. Oh, okay. What right. do you think Google said to the federal government with a federal court subpoena? 
yeah he's showing me the middle finger they said you can wait where google you wait it's like and they had to take them to court after the fact right so you know i I was listening to another podcast uh oh it's louder with crowder you know louder with crowder no he's uh he's that guy that the meme is always a guy sitting there and it's like changed my mind Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's that guy. You know, he's quite conservative. He was on Dave Rubin, and he was there just suing Facebook. And, and, and basically what they're saying is these Facebook and Google and all these policies, you know, targeting conservatism, they're like, we're not even looking at it like that. They're like, this is a fraud case, and this is an antitrust case. Because who gets more views right now? It's conservative media, alternative media. Joe Rogan gets more views and listens than mainstream media combined. There's five companies in America that own all the media, you know, Disney yeah, you and, the, and Facebook and Google are in cahoots with these people. Really what's going on is these people don't want to compete with you. And Facebook has been caught doing antitrust, anti-competition practices, in particular yeah. the Instagram thing. And, you know, you're seeing, and what you're seeing is the manipulation of information from the powers that be. You know, when you say they or the powers, these people exist now a hundred years ago it was a different group of people like 100 150 years ago it's the yeah. rockefellers and 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 those people now it's the tech giants yep. and the media yep yeah it's just and the funny and the funny thing is you know i think facebook and twitter like like even the ceo of twitter jack dorsey admitted that he they they kind of shot themselves in the foot because yeah. what happened with uh with that uh you know with with facebook and twitter being uh, censoring people are going to move to the centralized social media and right now on the blockchain man it's going to happen the cent- social media will be decentralized and i think facebook will be will be done they're in trouble well you know the big one is is they sh- you know amazon shut down parlor right you know you heard about that so mm-hmm. parlor is not even a competitor to amazon but amazon's one of the big tech companies and they pulled their servers saying citing racism and citing uh, incitement of violence. And it's like, if I go on Twitter and if I go on Facebook, am I going to find equal or worse things than what people were saying on Parler? And the answer is yes, yes, you will. Why are you pulling an up and coming competitive social media platform? It's because Facebook and, 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 and those people said to probably this is alleged of course it's speculation but probably went to them and said hey can you kill the competition on use the guise of racism and nazism because people will support it then but really it's the fuck does amazon care because it's just on their servers right i know i know it's just the awf well that's one thing with amazon that's why they're so powerful man like they control the data i mean if if you're Everyone uses AWS, Amazon Web Services. It's like 50-something percent of all web servers or Amazon servers now. Yeah. Something. Yeah, exactly. And it's... Well, yeah, well, I'm just, I'm just happy that blockchain came out to fight all this stuff, man. Yeah. When things get decentralized, holy shit, man. Holy yeah. shit. It's, it's really going to be totally new. That, that's actually the reason why I, you know, why I kind of am in the process of shifting careers because yeah. I look at blockchain like the internet. You know, it, it's a protocol. Uh, like right now, where we're in, it's like when the internet started. Remember, if you were, if you had anything to do with the internet during its inception, during the 90s, I don't care what you were doing. Maybe you were a janitor for an internet company. 
you would have gone somewhere up man you would have you know yeah. you would have gotten up in life that's just the way i look at it yeah. so yeah that's the reason why i'm really entering the space full on it's just that uh man the future yeah in, in 10 or 20 years if you start early we will we're gonna get somewhere hopefully, yeah. hopefully. I, i would say the same because you know space stuff is becoming big and i would exactly. it's like space stuff going into space you know elon musk I'd say that's the same thing. Like blockchain is the next big thing, but then the next next big thing is going to be space stuff. And if, yeah. you, if there's a few funds opening up, uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with the Arc funds? Yeah, with uh, with Kathy Woods, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've 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 actually just started viewing her uh, two weeks ago, and you know, genome, uh, the, yeah. the genome thing, AI, uh, blockchain, and all that. She 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 mentioned five disruptive technologies that we should all look out yeah for. it's i'm just gonna i guess because most people are probably like who the fuck is that? i didn't know who she was but basically this woman kathy woods has outperformed fucking everybody <laughs> because she's willing to be innovative in her investments and she doesn't just yeah. stick stick to all oh, this is how we've been doing it um and she's been outperforming everyone um yeah. let me she's just really into disruptive technology yeah so let me just read this this is her thing uh, this is from their arc investment website kathy registered arc investment blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. investment at u.s securities and exchange commissions oh this is a boring one anyways but she's basically has these funds called arc funds a-r-k and then an acronym mm-hmm. they're releasing i believe in march the space one i think it's going to be arc x And I'm like, I'm buying that because <laughs> in 30 or 40 years, man, that is going to be the thing. If they start going to Mars like they say they're going to and they start going, if they start mining the asteroid belt, there's more wealth on like the largest asteroid in the asteroid belt than like all of Earth as far as raw material. So like right now, as far as restructuring our society, blockchain is the future and all these old white fools are resisting kicking and screaming and I have no problem admitting it's largely old white fools. Um, but on, then you have all these other fools who are on the opposite side, ignorant, don't know even financial literacy. Like I've been telling, like I was not very financially literate until this year. I'm starting to learn and I kicking I myself. I think it was in done the... on purpose by the schools, man. Yeah. If, like if, if, if you really look at it, like uh, I'm, I'm also a big Robert Kiyosaki fan. Uh, when I started reading his oh, yeah, book. Yeah. Rich Dad, Yeah, man, he he really opened my eyes. Well, it's basically him who opened my eyes about the central banks. Yeah. He was like, "Oh man, it's all it's all." I when when I first read the book, I didn't understand it that much. Yeah. But when I really started studying the Federal Reserve, IMF, how it goes, I'm like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the who's the head they Biden put in charge? Uh, Janet Yellen or whatever. Yellen. Oh my God, man. Yeah. Well, she used to be chairman of the Federal Reserve back in 2014 to 2017, I think. Then uh, Powell took over. And yeah, she really hates Bitcoin because three years ago when she was she was in Congress, she was testified. She didn't want the Fed audited. Then a guy behind her flashed out a new, uh, you know, a, a sign saying buy Bitcoin. From yeah. then on, man, she... <laughs> She hated it, man. She yeah. she she really has a personal thing against it. But but seriously, because because they can't control it. Yeah. If it's something that they can't control, they 
they will never endorse anything they can't control. Yeah, and well, it's uh, well, some things like XRP is supposedly the one that the banks like. I have some XRP, yeah. formerly Ripple, but there's a yeah. whole thing going on with the two. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, but... XRP, it's not really blockchain. It's not no. part of blockchain, but uh, it's 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 got a good use case for the banks because uh, it's gonna oh, it's it's gonna circumvent the what do you call that the the numbering system uh what i'm not sure i don't know <laughs> when, when you're making remittances to yeah what what whatever that uh that code is uh, yeah like it's this, it's gonna circumvent that so yeah. it's gonna make transactions a lot easier but yeah, yeah. but well, right now xrp is in trouble in the us sorry say that again like like xrp ripple uh the company ripple yeah. who was the largest uh, holder of XRP. And there was a lot of confusion. Like I own some XRP and they're doing a split. So I'm going to get whatever their new coin, the Flutter mm -hmm. coin or whatever. Um, you know, I, for me, I look at it like if you are right of center, you should want cryptocurrency because it's decentralized. And if your government tries to take shit from you, you can make your money disappear into the numbers and they can't get it. If you are a left-wing person that hates the elites and the big government, then you should want to get into cryptocurrency because it's decentralizing the power away from these idiots. Um, well, they're not idiots. They're very smart, but they don't care about the rest really? of us. You know, I've, really? I've actually started looking at it like, I'm not the original person that created up with this. I forgot where we got it from, though me and my girlfriend are just saying they look at us like batteries because there is this idea of the constant growth model, as in we all always going to get bigger. We're always going to get bigger. It's about resource gathering. We need resources. We need to get bigger. If we want to get bigger, we need more resources. So the people at the top look at us like batteries as we're just producing to make growth so that they can do the things that they want to do. And I'm not even talking about, uh, oh, they just want to buy a Ferrari. I'm just talking about a species growth, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Getting advancement of species. So like, let's say if we talk about Elon Musk, well, he's addressing the issue. Um, you know, first of all, all these people freaking out about, oh, the environmental catastrophe, okay? Are we affecting the environment? Yes. Are we going to destroy it to the point where life can't exist in the next 100 years? No, shut the fuck up. But the reality is, what could kill us? There's three things that could fuck us over tomorrow, and there's nothing we can really do about it. Do you know what they are? What? Meteors and asteroids. It's happened before. Super yeah. volcanoes. Weak. Okay. And solar flares. Right? Solar, okay. um, yeah. This is not conspiracy. This is a scientific fact. Yeah, of the sure three of them, the one that we can actually manage the most are comets and asteroids. Super volcanoes, we're not stopping that. And solar flares, we're not stopping that. Now, a solar flare is not the worst unless it knocks out the magnetosphere, which has happened before. It would, however, fuck technology. Wait, have you ever been hit by a solar flare? Uh, the last one, the big one, was called the Carrington event, I believe. It was in like the late 1800s. Now, luckily, then it wasn't did do, didn't do too much damage. Yeah, because we didn't uh, have computers back then or satellites. Yeah, and I was just actually reading an article about there was a year or two in like 560 AD or something where they had like this weird winter that just like it was cold and 
everything was dying and they they're thinking it was a asteroid or meteor impact that hit in the oceans that's why we can't find a crater and it fucked the environment and 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 so people like Elon Musk are realizing oh if we want to save the species we should be able to not be on just this planet because there are certain things we cannot control yet and we need to prepare for that so a lot of these individuals they look at like Bill Gates will look at it from a species perspective and as a species perspective of all humankind they don't care if you lose your job because in order for us to get off the planet in order for us to advance to whatever the next stage of our species is we need to stop doing certain things and so in the end of the day their decisions they're playing a numbers game you know they'll say well we need to prevent people from starving, which they've largely, largely solved that problem. Well, why? Because they need more people to produce mm-hmm. because we need more workers. So if we're going to send people to asteroid belts, we're going to send people, you know, I, I talk about this is, okay, so we're going to roboticize trucking. We're going to, we won't have to work anymore. Yeah. Right? Lot of, yeah. I think in the future, really, a lot of, a lot of jobs are super They're gonna gone. Get down. And I'm just like, okay, you do realize that the average person is not going to be doing physics. What is the average person going to be doing if not doing something? And they're like, oh, they'll paint or they'll write. Or I'm like, a lot of people don't want to do that. What, do you, what are they going to do? And they have this idea that we're all going to become this thing they want us to. And I'm like, no, they're not. It's like you're going to have a bunch of people wandering around like blobs with no purpose. And usually humans get violent. What are you going to do with these people? I've never heard a good answer to this question. They're like, no, we're going to automize because it's better. It allows more growth. They're more efficient than you humans. And you're, you guys are useless because these people, whether rightfully or wrongfully, because it's a moral question you can spin either way, don't really care what happens to us. You know, like coal miners, like, why are we still using coal is a good question. We don't really need to still use coal. And the fact a lot of systems are still using coal but they're just, when you tell like a coal miner, like, oh, just learn to code. It's like, they're not going to do that. It's like, well, you're being stupid. It's like, dude, they've been third generation coal mining. They don't want to do computers. Well, they should. Uh, like, what the fuck? Like, so, I, yeah. So, so you're right, man. I think that's going to be a big problem. So, so you're, you're saying that these people, once they lose their jobs or their purpose in life, they just get violent? Potentially. Um, there's a study called Rat. You know, there's a study called Rat Park where they, or not Rat Park, it was a big rat study where basically they crammed way too many rats into too small a place, and in the end, the species just died off because without purpose, without meaning. And this has been very consistently shown. People kind of just like stop caring, and there's a period where there's a lot of violence until they just naturally stop procreating. So the assumption, this is what I'm thinking, of these elites and these people is that they can manage it. It's like, well, history doesn't repeat itself because we have all this technology. We can control you. We're controlling you. We are able to maintain power. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you're, this is going to work how you think it's going to work. You know, because people saw the 2008 thing coming. They're like, you're wrong. Well, there it is. It's like, guys, you're pissing everyone off. Oh, no, we can control it now. We have cameras and we have this. And we, it's not going to be like it was before. I'm like, mm, I don't think so, guys. I think you're going to lose control. No, we're not. And so the question is, 
do you accept the loss of control in a meaningful way or are you going to resist it kicking and screaming which will result in violence i think it's going to be the latter and as you said you know which side's going to win it's not the people who think they're going to win <laughs> it never is you know so i think i should uh, i think next move for me would be to get a 3d printing machine and 3D print my own gun. Just so you know, that is illegal in Canada, so don't actually do it. However, if you have a 3D printer and power and the apocalypse actually happens, then now you have the resources to do it, right? <laughs> but I heard in Europe some people already do it. But it, it's really possible to have a 3D printer, Correct. right? And create a gun. Yeah. I will emphasize it is illegal in Canada. And if you get caught, if you get caught doing it, it is illegal. The but thing how about is, your bullets? Are they 3D printed? No, you can use you, you can use real bullets. bullets. So a 3D printed gun made of plastic is a one-shot use. However, if you have a 3D printer that prints metal, then now you're talking. But again, assume there's no power grid in in a in a harsh apocalyptic scenario. A solar flare could possibly do that, right? And that's not we can't stop. There's nothing we can do. Right. Yeah. So it's like that is a totally real non-conspiratorial theory might happen. It's happened in the last 200 years. Who knows? And to say to prepare for such a thing is delusional is like, mm, what if it happens, dude? <laughs> like, so, but uh, if, if, if a solar flare happens, will that completely knock everything down for good or for just for a time period? I, who knows? Who knows? Like, that's like how powerful it is. Are the systems protected enough from it, uh, right? There's something called a Faraday cage. So you basically put a metal cage around something and that absorbs all the electrical energy, but you literally would have to have its own power source inside the Faraday cage. And most systems are not that set up to deal with that. Cause you know, it's mm -hmm. like, let's talk emergency preparedness. Like look at COVID. Like, so this is a virus that's not even that lethal, and I don't care what you're being told. It's not that lethal. Shut the fuck up already. Yes, people die. We agree, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you saw how people reacted to that very badly. Toilet paper wars. What happens if there's this, like, something significant, like an aerosolized Ebola where bodies are dropping dead in the street or a solar flare hits and power is knocked out and all these fucking millennials and uh, what, what's the next generation generation Gen Z? Z? yeah Gen they can't Z. go on their tiktok anymore these angry little fuckers are going to be running around smashing shit because they have nothing to, better to do anymore right how do you how do you think like it's like and because a lot of these people i think they're just delusional because they live in an ivory tower where yeah. everyone violence is bad okay and how dare you do violence they think no one else is like that anymore. And you're like, you're a moron. You know what's going to happen? You're going to lose everything you have. Someone's going to kill you. And they're like, no, people are beyond that. I'm like, no, they're not. Like, not even remotely close. <laughs> I know, man. And, you know, like some of my friends were actually laughing at me when I said, hey, man, you know, after this pandemic, I really need to get a gun. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Are you a Republican? I'm like, dude, you don't know. Dude, you don't know when an economic collapse happens. Yeah. Holy shit, man! But again, to be honest with you, I'm 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 so confident that because we're in Vancouver, Canada, where it's not gonna be that bad. I disagree I with you. I oh shit! Agree with you heavily. <laughs> right. The the most likely emergency situation in Vancouver is an earthquake. 
right? That's the most likely scenario. As in the immediate next hundred years, specifically for Vancouver, it's happened before. It'll happen again. It's completely possible. You're mm -hmm. fucked if a big earthquake happens here. You're fucked. Or the buildings are not built to handle a high magnitude thing in most of metro. They say really? they are, but they're not. Collapse? The emergency preparedness in Vancouver is nowhere near what it needs to be. The, you've seen how the government operates under emergencies now. Confusing and all over the place and no one knows what the fuck's going on. Well, I've just seen how, how, how it reacts with just snow and it, you know, it's bad, right? Snow, well, just snow. There's a snowstorm. Yeah. And so here's the thing. With COVID, the supply chains were not cut off in Vancouver. Well, in a major earthquake, they might be. And you watch how fast when the supply chains are cut off. If people were fighting over toilet paper and all of a sudden the bridges are down, all of a sudden transportation of stuff can't get in and most people aren't equipped here. Like this is not conspiracy. This is not paranoia. This is a completely possible and probable scenario in Vancouver. And it's like, I don't trust people, man. Like, are you kidding me? Like now... You're not paranoid. You know why I know that? Well, I teach the PAL course, the firearms course in Canada, and the demand for PAL courses went through the roof in Canada. Hey, man, I know, man. Through the roof. I know, man. I know. Yeah. It, it seemed like gun sales have really gotten up even in the U.S. Through the roof. Well, it's going through the roof for two reasons. Because people who didn't think they needed guns all of a sudden started needing guns because they're like, I need to be able to protect myself. Now, I need to emphasize, legally speaking, you cannot go buy a gun for self-defense in Canada, though there are precedents and there are exceptions. However, if you take the PAL course, you cannot say, I want it for self-defense. The current law under Canada doesn't allow that, although the average Canadian outside of the big cities disagrees with that stance, but that's what the law is. But in the collapse of society, different story. Right, so, so do you, you know, think it's gonna get like uh, are they really gonna ban guns here in Canada? It's complicated. So in you know the there the person there's a really good lawyer, uh, Runkle of the Bailey, who has a YouTube channel that he talks about this stuff. So let, let's just say you're operating within the confines of the law. What Trudeau has basically done, like you, like you, right? I mean, you 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 have a gun and you hunt, right? Allegedly. Right. I don't want to put that. I obviously right. I have to teach the course, but um, and I'm obviously pro gun. I don't go shooting that much. One, I need them for my course. I need to teach the course. And two, I know how to use them. Pretty mm -hmm. well. So I don't I've I had enough shooting experience in the army. It's not that exciting. It's expensive. So I have them. They mostly just sit there. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a person that goes and gets them and you're like, oh, they're mostly going to sit there. Well, no, first of all, Go get trained. I'm trained, so I don't need to sit there and keep practicing. I'm mm -hmm. good enough that I'll be fine if something happens. Um, I have but more training. You'd be like training at least once a month. Ideally, right? Ideally, uh, COVID threw it off. Like, uh, and yeah, we were doing renos this year, so no money for for ammunition. Right, 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 right. Um, so you should have them, and you should be competent with them. At the very least, be safe with them, uh, at a minimum. But you need the training. And the reality is, even if you hate guns, just have them. Just have them sitting there. Well, the way I see it, even if you hate guns, it's still good to know basic, I don't know, basic uh, gun safety, just in case a shooting happens and, you know, you see a gun. I mean, you know, like, it, it's still good knowledge. It's a life skill, in my opinion. I agree. Right? Right. <laughs> you know, in my opinion, the thing that brought down the aristocracies was guns. 
because all of a sudden now the average person didn't need a lifetime of martial arts combat training. They could just be like, get the fuck off my property. And all of a sudden now it's harder for governments to enforce the rule of law from an abusive perspective. And I emphasize abusive because I feel like what Trudeau is doing is an, a gross abuse of power. It is not democratic. Which insist- is uh, the, the, the confiscation of guns. Right? He basically, by what's called an order in council, something I didn't even know existed in Canada. It's basically us, the cabinet ministers, can decide to do whatever we want. And they basically banned 1,500 guns overnight with no consultation, no discussion, nothing. It's the most undemocratic bullshit. It's a holdover of the days of the queen. Like, we have a governor general which is supposed to be the queen's representative in Canada. Why? Why the fuck do we still have that? Why is that even a thing? We don't, like, we're not under the queen anymore. And so he, yeah. he used something called an order on council, which is a throwback to the old days of Canada when we were still under the monarchy of England where we can just decide to do what we want. And then he'll go around and they'll say incorrect truths. Because you can look this up. You look up Canada, the government of Canada statistics, their own data, own police data doesn't support the shit that they're saying. And they're lying about it. And everyone who knows this stuff knows they're lying about it. And now they're trying to ban more things. And now they're trying to get rid of the ability of people to have guns. And whenever and actually questions on the information and the data, they'll just lie about it. And... Trudeau's even said shit like, oh, well, in America. And even a reporter here was like, uh, we're in Canada. Why are you talking about America? He's like, well, school shootings in America. He's like, we're in, why are you talking about America? You're the prime minister of Canada, you douche. Like, and it's all. Has, has, has there been any school shootings here in Canada? No. Not high school or elementary school in the way that you would see in the States, there was the polytechnic shooting, which was a university in the nineties, I believe, which is what started a lot of the modern gun laws in the first place. Uh, and a lot of our gun laws are, are not bad. My biggest contention is that they can decide what guns you can and cannot have. And that's the part I don't agree with because a safe person is a safe person. Canada doesn't allow mentally ill people to have guns. You do have background checks here and there's other stuff. For the most part, it's, it's pretty good. Um, but the constant, it's not an entrenched right, which is clearly becoming a fucking problem. If these people keep Mm -hmm. trying to take it away from us and it's all to do with the fact that in Toronto, they can't get their gun crime under control because they're applying left-wing liberal policies that do nothing to fix the fucking problems. You know, I was reading a bad gun crime problem in Toronto. Yeah. There's a gang, gang wars, lots of gang wars. Fact well, it's mostly... when it comes to gang wars, it's illegal guns anyway. Right? Yeah, correct. The data is Ooh. very much in support of saying it's mostly illegal guns. And what they'll say is, well, well, what it mostly is, is people who legally obtain guns give it to their gangster friends. Now, while that does happen, mm-hmm. when you're like, <laughs> hey, you just busted 100 guns coming illegally across the border there. Uh, what was that about? Oh, it's nothing. And you're like, what the fuck? I know in high school, I knew people in high school who, if I really wanted to pursue it, I could get illegal guns in high school. And I was a, I was a relatively good kid. You just talk to the right people and you'll be like, hey, yeah. uh, you know, a couple grand. Can you get me a gun? Yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah, man. It's, it's when, and, well, and the most recent shooting in Canada was the Nova Scotia shooting, which... Uh, but that was it, different, though. That, that wasn't a school shooting or something. No, right? it wasn't it was a school shooting. crazy... 
that's what he used to justify his recent gun grab. But then when we when you start looking into that case, it starts getting you want to talk conspiracy. That one is it's weird. Why? Because first of all, the RCMP had known about this guy for years. Mm-hmm. They knew he was at risk. People have been complaining about him for years. Mm-hmm. All the guns, a lot of the guns he used in the shooting were illegal. They should have that guy should have been in jail. They should have regularly checked his house because he was on their radar. So that's a failure of the system to do its fucking job to make sure crazy people don't have guns. Then it gets weirder is that he may have been a RCMP informant. Okay. And the reason people say this is because the banking system said, well, he received a very large sum of money at one point in a way that the only people who can do that, like, I don't understand. It was just a transfer method that the only people who can do that is the government for undercover informants. And so there's a lot of weird stuff and kind of like the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Everyone is like, something's weird here. Where's the investigations? And they're like, what are you talking about? And you're like, okay, but there's some very hard evidence that's very weird here. We want an investigation. Huh? What, what, what are you talking about? Like, that's how they're approaching it. And really, if it turns out the RCMP knew about this guy, which it, it's clear as day, and they didn't do their jobs according to Canadian law, which is make sure he doesn't have guns, make sure he's not doing anything, didn't do that. And it turns out he's an informant. Oh, shit, the government fucked up. And this is a giant cover-up. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need to take your guns away because. And the reality is the voting system in Canada, if Toronto as a whole block, the, all the writings in Toronto vote for one party you probably are going to win the election and so trudeau does not give a fuck about the rest of the country as long as he can keep his toronto stronghold mm-hmm. and some montreal writings and a few other writings he can maintain a government okay and, how, how much longer would trudeau be in power uh well they speculate that they're gonna have an election soon a snap election. So in Canada, it's every four years or if an election is called. So it's minimum, I believe, 18 months, between 18 months to four years, four years being the max. But because of how things work here, it's not a two-party system. If you have what's called a vote of no confidence, which could be every year, if say you're trying to, you're doing your budget and it's voted down there, it's a snap vote. It's basically saying we've lost confidence. From my understanding, again, I'm not a political, though I pretend to be, uh, I'm not like a political insider. My understanding is nobody likes that fucking asshole. He's a whiny child baby who lies. He's a hypocrite and he's a douche. And even people in the Liberal Party are really tired of him. Let's put it this way. Uh, If I knew him in high school, I don't think he would have been my friend. He would have been that irritating. uh, I want to tell you something. I know somebody who knew him in university and was saying that guy is the biggest piece of shit in the world. In what way? In he's what an way? asshole. He's, Eric. he's an entitled trust fund baby who's dumb as shit. He's dumb. Uh-huh. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And he's jumped on this ideology. And he's just, he's the reason we're going hyperinflation right now. Everyone is telling, everyone, even global, other people are like, hey, yeah. what do you there's, there's this politician of Pierre something. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. He, was, he was shouting. Uh, it, it, yeah. it was regarding quantitative easing and hyperinflation. That guy. And, 
should be the leader of the conservative party. That guy has just got downgraded in the conservative party because he's too big of a power threat for the current guy. Like, I don't like who's in charge of the conservative power party right now. However, I don't care. Trudeau's got to go. Like, got to go. Has to go. And, you know, I'm hoping the NDP still votes away from, even though the leader of the NDP is a socialist. I think he's a nice guy, uh, Jagmeet Singh. Like, he seems like a very nice guy. But his policies are up to fucking delusional. Um, so I'm hoping ND people will vote NDP and take votes away from the liberals and the, and then the uh, conservatives will get a minority, hopefully. Here's, here's one thing I also don't understand with Canadian politics. There's the NDP, National Democratic yeah. Party. Apparently, it's not the liberals. Like, okay. The names are misleading. Like, what the, so, so, so these are conservatives? The NDP or... are... The most socialist party. They're the most uh, oh, okay, like right. super socialist. Oh, okay, right. yeah. So the liberals are like are like not that left. So the NDP super. Well, here's left. where it gets confusing, and this is the part. Like, here's the thing that I get frustrated with is that the average voter, let's say you're Canadian, born and raised, don't that they don't even know how their system works. They kind of know how the American system works. Not really, though, because when you actually start asking them questions, they don't. So, like, the Liberal Party of British Columbia is in no way affiliated with the Liberal Party of Canada. And, in fact, the Liberal Party of British Columbia in the provincial is more akin to a conservative party. There is a conservative party in BC in the, in the provincial stuff, but there is such a poorly organized gong show that they never get any votes. The Liberal Party of Canada is a kind of traditional elitist establishment party. They're kind of like the Democrats of Canada. The NDP, because we have a multi-party system, is more of their ideology is more socialist. You know, give away more social programs, uh, tax the wealthy, and all that sort of stuff. The liberal can of Canada don't really give a shit. It's they want their wealthy friends to keep getting wealthy. They keep getting caught with scandal after scandal after scandal of corruption for the last 30 years. Same like the Democrats. But for some reason, no, one, no one's going to jail for any of this stuff. Right. And then the Conservative Party of Canada is a conservative party. However, compared to a lot of Republican candidates, they would be considered quite liberal. <laughs> okay, man, that's just confusing, man. Yeah. <laughs> And so that's what I say, like, well, let's talk like even a liberal, like, I don't know Filipino politics that well, but I would imagine that a party in Philippines that is considered left wing would be considered an extreme conservative group by Americans. Yeah, but uh, again, dude, uh, in the Philippines, because you asked. actually, there's really no platform or party. It's families. It's yeah. not. Yeah. It's mafia. You're from. You're with the Marcoses. You're with this family. You're affiliated to them. There is no real platform of no man. No, it's not. It's not that way. It's yeah. it's retarded. Let's yeah. just put it. That way. It's just. It's not organized. I would say. It's that. not organized. Yeah. It's just families. It, it, it's pretty much like a mafia. Well, yeah, a mafia organization. You have Don Don Don. Yeah. Don Kobe, Don, Don Jonathan, and who are the people who are with him, and that's his cronies. That's it, man. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's 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 a fascinating question. Uh, 
do people really understand what they're voting for? And the answer is no, they don't. Most of the time, no, they don't. You know, people vote for name recognition. Do I know this person? I'll, I'll vote for that person. Yeah. Whereas often happens, oh, they're the same ethnic background as me. I'll vote for that person. It's like, do you even know what their policies are? No, I don't care, man. Politics is boring. Like, I don't like it. And it's like, it's going to fuck you in the ass. No, it's not. Uh, yes, it is. And well, that's know, why I'm not going to vote again, man. I'm, I, did, did you vote? Because me, man, I... I well, I, I vote because in Canada, it actually does matter. Now, the States is a whole different ballgame, but in Canada, it does matter because elections have been won or lost by a couple of votes. Like, actually, it's happened before and it's happened more than once. Uh, it's not as corrupt here. It is corrupt, but not as corrupt as, say, the U.S. or the Philippines. Right. So the system still kind of works here. It is starting to erode under the current government because they basically don't care about democracy. They don't care. Right. At all. You know, the NDP. Uh, are propping up the liberals right now because it's a the, the current government is a minority government, which means if all the other parties vote against them, they can't do anything. But the NDP keeps propping the liberals up and solely on the basis of we don't want to have an election until the vaccines are rolled out. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but they're destroying the country in the process. It's like, we don't care because the people's health and safety is more important. It's like, dude, we had a provincial election in this province it was fine, right? All this argument about COVID and elections, is, that's manipulation for sure, yeah. right? Oh, we can't have an election. It's unsafe. Yes, we can. First of all, we have mail-in voting in Canada. That's, it works because you have to put a photocopy of your ID. You have to, it all has to match. You have to match up with the voter registration. You know, all those things that the Republicans were asking for in the States, Canada has. And it's not a big deal to have them. It's just that they know a lot of people don't get to have their shit together. And they're like, well, then they can't vote. Trudeau wants to have voting by phones. And it's like, okay, everyone is like, what do you mean? So you, you want to put together a system in the next three months that's safe? All the other, even, everyone is like, no, we're not mm-hmm. doing that. Not because it's not a bad idea, because blockchain technology isn't where it needs to be yet in order for us to have a safe voting system. But blockchain is the only way, by the way, yeah. we'll be able to have a safe yeah. online voting system. Exactly. But three months isn't enough, man. No, it's not. It's gonna take at least two years. More than that <laughs> to, to check, and you know he wanted to call by phone. It's like, but we can't check their IDs, and he'll yeah. he'll probably be like, well, that's racist. It's like, but we've been doing it successfully in Canada. We're not in America, you asshole. Stop it. <laughs> you know, it's like he doesn't even know his own system uh, here. You know, you so know. Do you I, think there was cheating done in the u.s election well i I talked about this i think on one of my other it's it's the so the claim of widespread voter fraud there certainly was voter fraud people can prove i don't think it's widespread it's not big enough to swing the election yeah and that was the thing so for example like louder with crowder he actually went to addresses of people that voted they don't exist so it to say it didn't happen is a lie to say it happened at a, a, a big enough thing to swing the election one way or the other is not true. But, yeah. but if you think that the Democrats didn't fuck around to get the win, you're delusional. And yeah. in fact, there was a Time, Time article, Time magazine, Time magazine ran an article basically admitting that the year leading up to the election, they coordinated to ensure that 
Biden would win. They did it, and they'll say there's no fraud because they did it all legally. But they did manipulate the system. Time Magazine how? basically like, like, like how? So the example that I always use is uh, the Philadelphia thing. And so they changed the laws of voting somehow. It was done through the state. It was a Republican state Congress that passed it through at the, the Democrats passed it. And then the election came close up. Now it was done within the year. Personally, I think you shouldn't be allowed to change election laws within the year of the election. I think that would be a stopgap to prevent last minute manipulation. And then the Republican people who voted for it said, hey, what we said we wanted is not what you're doing. We didn't agree to what you're doing. And they're like, oh, yeah, you just didn't interpret it right. So they took it to court. And a uh, state, the highest state uh, judge there said, we agree with you. This was kind of done un unconstitutionally. <clears throat> Meaning this shouldn't have happened. But we don't care because we don't want to anger the Democratic voters. <clears throat> Meaning they're totally fine with the Republican voters being pissed off and disenfranchised but we don't want the democrat so really they're admitting what happened was unconstitutional as per the state constitution but they don't care and that should be red flags for everyone it's like wait, wait, wait so our politicians did something that doesn't even match up with their constitution and yeah you should be shitting on the republicans who voted for it because it's like you dumbasses like you morons for letting that mm. happen but the, and you kept seeing in court case after court case after court case, and a lot of them were bullshit cases, like just bullshit. Like I saw the Texas one. I was reading a paragraph in it. I'm like, you call yourself a lawyer? Like there's just obscene, like ridiculous things in these lawsuits. It's like, no wonder you fucking lost, you idiots. Um, and, but it's just like, just the manipulation of the system. And they did it legally and they did it. Well, no one's paying attention. And to me, that's politics as usual, right? And to like, we can say that Facebook reasonably is responsible for Trump getting elected in the first place, but I can also probably say that Facebook and Google also were responsible for manipulating <laughs> information. And the classic example was the, um, the Hunter Biden stuff got buried right up before the election because the first time around, they didn't bury the Hillary Clinton stuff and Trump got in because people vote name recognition and what bad news did i hear about this person right before the election exactly, exactly. and they know this uh, humio is going throwing it under the bus now after the election they're letting all the investigations go through on hunter biden now they were all legitimate before they're all legitimate now but it swung the election and so it's manipulation of how people view because uh people went around in the states asking um did you know about the hunter biden thing and they're like no most people aren't like me that I live for this shit and I'm I'm looking at this shit. The average voter does not give a fuck about anything unless it affects their life specifically and directly. And it, recently. And that's how people vote. Yeah. And it's wrong. That's the biggest problem with the system. And that's why I tell people to vote because be an informed voter. The reason why these elite dickheads keep getting away with it is because we, the people, are not holding them accountable. Because we keep voting for shitheads who are corrupt or foolish or stupid because we don't do the research ourselves. It's like, you know, the whole lockdown policies and, and I 
probably pissed off a large percentage of the Brazilian jiu-jitsu community. Um, but I was basically saying, like, we, got, we need to fight. We need to get together as a community, get a letter, like, get 100 gyms together. Say, we have this many students. We don't agree with you. They wouldn't even do that. Because they're like, because I was being, you know, me, I'm an aggressive person. And I was just like, I don't understand why you guys aren't willing to fight for this. And the bottom line is they're scared of the Karen army and they're scared of the government. I'm like, you guys, how many students do martial arts in BC? Probably 10 or 20,000 people, including kids and their parents. That's a lot of voting people that can swing an election. Mm -hmm. And people are just like. We don't have any ability. The government's ignoring us. The government doesn't care. I'm just going to protect myself. I'm like, where's the community, guys? I don't see a community. And the people got very angry at me. Really? I'm like, you're seeing schools close. And you're seeing us suffer. Yes, I understand. The government has said, go fuck yourself as an industry. That's why I'm angry. Because they don't care about us. And if we don't care about ourselves, who's going to care about us? It's the same concept with self-defense. There's a huge swath of people, anti-gun people, who are like, the government should take care of yourself. You and I both know if someone wants to stab you now, they're not fucking helping you. Learn to defend yourself, you motherfuckers. No, I don't <laughs> want to. No, people aren't violent. No, the government, this, tripper. No, I agree in modern society, the government should do most of the work. But as a backup, when that fails, which it will, because it does all the time, you need to be able to protect yourself. And so the more, more people believe they don't have power for themselves, the more these fuckers can get away with it. You know, the and more it, socialist it will be, the more you will be controlled by the government. And it's not even, yeah. you know, forget the whole socialist uh, Nazi <laughs> thing. It's authoritarianism. Yeah, authoritarianism. Right. Communism. Yeah, communism yeah. was authoritarian. Nazism yeah. was authoritarian. And people play the dichotomy of Nazi. Oh, well, Hitler was a, Hitler was a uh, national socialist. No, he was a Nazi. He's right wing. It's like, well, his policies were kind of socialist in some way. They're just fascist, you know, which is a different thing than his others. And people don't know how to connect that they can be the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. But Mao is an authoritarian. Stalin was authoritarian. Uh, Hitler was authoritarian. Mussolini was authoritarian. They all have <laughs> different political back, different political approaches, different economic approaches, different ideologies. It's irrelevant. These are people who don't care about you. They want control, and you're seeing it now. And people are like, no, it's not happening. It's like, yeah. It is. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> wow, man. So things are. How long do you think uh, with this lockdown? Continue, man. Like it's gonna. Like, here it's gonna end. What's What's your prediction? What's it's gonna end soon. Prediction? So in Canada, it has to end soon. In England, it's gonna end soon. In England, they've said uh, I think in July they are ending lockdowns no matter what. And the reason is two things. They will say the vaccine rollout. Yes, the vaccine rollout means you have no more excuses. You gotta open up, you motherfuckers. Um, but the other thing is they're starting to get the lawsuits are piling up. The lawsuits are piling up. Well, how long does lawsuits take to go through courts? Lawsuits for? Uh, in Canada, there's a lawsuit in every single province almost. Oh, okay. All right. Against okay. the governments breaking the constitutions and violating rights and all this stuff. And so what the, the, the politicians are stalling as long as they can. And then they'll open up and be like, you don't need to sue us anymore because we opened up. 
And so there's a two parts to it is, yes, the vaccine rollout, for sure, but also the lawsuits. And they're not talking about the lawsuits is that, let's say the vaccine wasn't happening. Well, those lawsuits would. And I guarantee you in a lot of places, in at least somewhat Western democratized countries, they're going to, the governments are going to lose the lawsuits. Uh, in particular, Canada, our, our system's not as corrupt. Because when you're like, what scientific evidence did you use to enforce your lockdowns? None? Oh. What the fuck? And so what I explained to people is, I was trying to get people to back the one in BC, and they're like, no, that's, that's above my head. I don't understand. I'm like, it's not about now, it's about next time. Because if we get precedents saying they can't do this again, they can't do this again. Mm-hmm. Because people don't understand how this works. They're like, ah, lawsuits? I don't know, lawyer? I'm like, you don't have to pay anything. Just support it. No, I don't want to do that. What the fuck? Because next time this shit happens, the governments are going to be like, oh, well, look what we could do next. This time we've moved the bar. Now we can do more. Uh-huh. You know? So, I mean, as far as when they're going to end is soon. I hope so, man. So, so, so when you say soon, like... A couple months. Wait, so, so it's going to be like, like before, before the pandemic? or That's a good question. I don't or know. not just the strict lockdown, maybe much more lax, but it's still, you know, there's still a lockdown. There's still, you know, you, you still need to socially distance. You still need to wear masks. Why? Right? Why? Oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying that might be the rules. Right? That's what yeah. they keep saying. My aunt's from a, this is why if so israel vaccinated pretty much not everyone yet but most people and israel has what's going on with israel okay well uh, so that's a good question so you have to understand israel's moral position so israel has an ideology that if one jewish person dies that's too much okay and so they took a very authoritarian lockdown approach because if one person dies that's too much it's a moral stance that i don't agree with because if you're fucking everyone else, it's a problem. Now, Israel didn't shut down the schools, just to put that out there. They kept the schools open. Uh, Israel is also extremely medically advanced and is able to get the vaccinations rolled out. Uh, the prime minister of Israel, Netanyahu, called up the head of Pfizer and said, give us the fucking vaccines. Who knows what that actual, actual conversation was? And boom, Israel got all the vaccines they needed. Mm-hmm. So okay. obviously there was some like, give it to us or else. Um, that's where you can play the whole like, oh, Mossad probably had some information. <laughs> um, but they've basically done a vaccine rollout where pretty much everyone will be vaccinated in the next month or two. Really? Okay, yeah. all right. And now they have vaccine passports, which I'm very against. It's creepy to me. But they've basically proven at least the Pfizer one and the Moderna potentially, it does in fact stop the spread of the virus. So if that's true and everyone gets vaccinated, why the fuck do I need masks? Why the fuck do I need social distancing? Why? Okay. And there's no actual real evidence that those stuff worked in the first place. And so, you know, the scientists will say, well, it's because you don't understand the science. It's like some of us do, though. You know, that's what I say. Some of us do. No, I cannot explain the in-depth intricacies of mRNA vaccines, but I have a general idea. And I know you're lying to me. Nor not. Yes, you are. And my thing is, uh, who are scientists socially? What do you think? Well, it's those who really studied, <laughs> studied whatever field they have, and they did, 
they did a lot of uh, actual hands-on study using data. Yeah, that's, that's the way I would think that uh, it should be, right? Correct. That's what it should be. That's not what they're doing. Um, the type of people that are often scientists are socially awkward, not often very popular. Yeah. They are easily bullied. A lot of them want to be in their lab by themselves, left alone. And so when a lot of them are saying things, is it because that's what the data says or that's what you're being told to say? Because nowadays, if you say the wrong thing, you'll lose your funding. Mm -hmm. If you say the wrong thing, you'll be ostracized, you'll lose your job. Uh, there's something called the Great Barrington Declaration. It's a shit ton of scientists and doctors globally, like 30,000, 40,000 of them that were like, this is nonsense. And they're all told they're crazy. They're experts too. Um, is, let me, uh, is, is this recent? Is this about the pandemic? Yeah, it's about the pandemic. Let me see if I can find it. Barrington Declaration. Here you go. It's a website they have. Let me see what the actual number is. They created a whole website. The Great Barrington Declaration. It's GD, no, gbdeclaration.org. Uh, let me okay, see. The Great Barrington Declaration. Yeah. They have uh, almost 750,000 citizens have signed it. 13,000 medical and public health scientists and 41,000 medical practitioners. That's a lot. A lot of people are too scared to sign it, but they signed it. That's all. So you're telling me the 50,000 scientists and doctors are crazy that signed this? Basically saying there's no evidence for, we don't need to do lockdowns. So medical and public health scientists, there's 13,000. And now that may not seem like a big number, and I don't know what the answer to this is, but how many actual medical and health scientists are there globally? I don't know. What if it's 100,000 of them? That's more than 10% of them that had the balls to say, what the fuck? Then you add on to the doctors, you know, 41,000 doctors. So basically what you're saying is you have this many people saying, we don't agree with you. We don't agree with your interpretation of the data, but nobody hears about these people. Mm -hmm. right and it's like oh there are scientists and there are experts who do not agree with your stance and they're like no because they're all crazy but they're not because the head one of the head guys of it is actually from canada and his he was like the head of like the surgeon's college here so you're telling me that guy is crazy you let him run the shit in canada for the most part like mm -hmm. the medical boards he's crazy i don't think so yeah, huh? You know, that's the thing with me because because I'm really not good at biology. That's why I really don't want to make any. Uh, you know, that's that's the reason why I'm kind of hands off when it comes to that. Yeah. But I'm 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 willing to listen to people. You know, who who know who know more than me. Yeah, regarding so that. That's the thing, right? That's true. It, high school biology, I got like sixty-five percent. I talked through that entire class. Had like. 100 missing assignments, didn't give a shit, got 65%. That does not mean that I can't realize when you're full of shit. And so this, yeah. is, the, you know, this is the mistake that people do is they're like, well, I don't know anything about this. Well, then read about it. Look into it. Well, I don't okay. understand it. Okay. So you're just letting them tell you? You know, like I... I should do the same approach that I did with a financial exactly. institution. You can, there's, no, there's no reason in the day of the internet... Now, you do have to be careful, but you're telling me you can't go find some up-to-date biology textbook? Like, 
you can find it. It's that people are unwilling to because we're busy and we have distractions and and it's too much and I don't want to learn that. And, 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 <laughs> I know, but I don't. Yeah, and I get it. I get it because, you know, I'm always, someone in my life is always giving me shit. Like, why don't you do more research? It's like, because I hate doing research, right? I love audio. Oh. I like doing podcasts because I listen to it. Um, and I just, it's like frustrating for me because it's like, dude, I know what's going on here. Because if you start looking like I learned in, you know, I did psychology. Half of psychology now is bullshit. They're just making shit up. They're not even doing proper science anymore. And people know this. But the, these people coming up with this bullshit are the ones who are um, telling you about this is how we should behave. It's like, no, that's not what the data says. Well, my study said, you read the study, you're like, what the fuck? That's a bullshit study. No, it's not. I got my PhD in it. I have no faith in the system anymore. When, and, and an example would be my doctors, right? My recent, I've talked about this before. I went, I said, hey, I'm on keto. Mm -hmm. It's high protein diet. I know my cholesterol is going to show high. I'm telling you, I made a change in my life. I know this is what's going to show you. I just want to make sure everything else is fine. Get a call from the doc. Hey, you need to come in. We need to talk right now. He's like, your LDL cholesterol is through the roof. I'm like, yes, I told you that. He's like, you need to go on statins right away. I'm like, go where? Statins. They're the heart medication for cholesterol. And I'm like, why? He's like, your test results. I'm like, what's, so there's LDL and some other cholesterol. They've actually new up-to-date studies have shown having high LDL cholesterol, which you will if you eat a lot of meat, is not bad for you. It's the ratio between this thing and another thing. I forgot already. And I looked up my ratio. My ratio was fine. I guarantee you if they did a scan of my heart, it would be fine. And I'm like, why are you telling me this to go on statins? Well, like, why, why? you want me to come back with all the up-to-date research to this day that's up-to-date? He's like, he's like, well, I have to tell you what the Canadian Medical Association tells me to tell you. And I'm like, so what you're admitting to me is that the Canadian Medical Association's stance is 15 years out of date. He just looked at me and I'm like, I have read the up-to-date research on this. I know you're wrong. And they'll say, well, I'm a doctor. But he basically admitted I'm probably right but he has to do it anyway or else he can lose his license. And so you have to be very careful nowadays because people are just falling back on, I'm a doctor. I'm a scientist. Yeah. I am this. That's pretty much the same thing as uh, when I was talking to this financial planner last yeah. year. She was trying, because my friend uh, hired her. So she was like, hey, Toby, could you come with me and see if she's bluffing or you know whatever. She, and dude, seriously, a lot of these people are just gonna sell their products to you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't know that you're girlfriend. <laughs> so sorry, I hear your girlfriend financial no, planner. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, like, like basically, she implicitly told me that she knows that hyperinflation's coming and that Bitcoin is really the way to go, gold, silver, and you know, mining companies, all the other stuff. Yeah. She basically said that. Hey, hey, personally, I do that, but. Yeah. I can't you give know, you that advice. Right? I can't give you that. I'm like, dude. So personally, you just told me that <laughs> that you you're basically conning us because she wants us to put the money in the RRSP. I'm like, dude. You know, seriously, I I did not put a single cent in. in yeah, and you know, uh, on a, something I learned is 
I'm a small business. I don't have millions of dollars in the bank. I'm a martial artist. I don't have a lot of money in the bank. The advisor, if I walk into the bank, so my girlfriend's a mid-level advisor. In order to talk to her, you have to have X amount of money. She knows what she's talking about. If I walk into it, no against friend, nothing against your friend, but if I walk into the bank and say, here's my assets, blah, 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 I want to talk to an advisor, and I have before, the people that I get to talk to don't know shit. They're the salespeople. They're just told to sell the There product. you go. Those are the salespeople. Yeah, yeah. If you want to actually talk to the real advisors who really know what they're doing, you need, you need to have X a lot amount of money. money. And they will actually tell you much better financial advice than yeah. just you know, you know, that, that stuff. And then there's another level. There's the elite high level advisors. These are ones the really, really wealthy people get. They're the best of the best. Well, and yeah, they, they basically, you give 24 hour service to you. Cause you, know? cause you also get to invest in stuff that normal people can't invest preferred yeah. stocks, all, all those other good stuff yeah. that you can only access if you're really rich. Yeah. Cause we don't want to <laughs> give you the advice. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I don't even think it's that per se. I just think it's, uh, splitting of resources. The best people want to be paid for their work. The best people are few and far between. I'm going to be really honest. You know, we have a 7 billion people. It's like, okay, 1% of them are actually worth listening to. But I can only get access to... That's what podcasts are so great, is you can actually gain access. Now I can listen to the scientists directly who did the research. I get my first source information... I don't have to go through fucking filtered information now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You can listen to people who were there at the forefront of Bitcoin. You can listen to financial advisors. You can listen um, to, you know, Tim Ferriss, who has these all these elite hedge fund managers and all these advisors. These are the people in these circles. I always make the comment, like, their advice is really good, but they're all in the same circle of very wealthy people. And some of them worked very hard to get where they are, but they're still all in their same little bubble circle. Right. And I can't get access to these people. Now, the general advice they give is really good a lot of the time because these are actually the best people. Like they're yeah. the best. Right. And, you know, it's a shot to the ego. Hey, man, you suck. No, I'm doing really good. It's like you're not a one percenter, man. In any field, you want to listen to the one percenters. You do not want to listen to the other people because the other there people you. don't know what they're doing. But do you and me get access to these people? No podcast it allows it now that's the that's the beauty of it it's a lot mm -hmm. easier yeah man I've, I've, I've just been watching podcasts this whole you know this whole pretty much this whole pandemic yeah, <laughs> yeah. i really doubled up on reading like kindle too you know i, I i've first time i've ever used a uh, kindle man like yeah like it's 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 made wonders what, what's <laughs> your uh What's your list, your book reading list right now? Do you have oh, a lot of different stuff, man. Uh, well, I'm, I've been reading, uh, like, I don't know if you know Colleen McCullough. She's, she, she was an author. She wrote the whole Masters of Rome series. It's about, it's about Rome from Sola all the way to Caesar. You know how it's fucking crazy. All these crazy emperors, man. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty interesting did, stuff, man. Did you see the samurai thing on Netflix? Yeah. Dude, it's that's like, pretty... Yeah, that's it's so real. I mean, it's it, I I didn't expect it to be that brutal. Yeah, but you know that's that's the way it is. You know, I think that's actually funny. You said that there was a, a, 
I'm not sure what Asian country he's from. He's, I think someone, anyways, and it did a translation for me. He's on my Facebook. And they said, oh, it's such a good series, but why'd they have to make it so brutal? And I'm like, you, you know there was a battle in there that they talk about where like 2,000 people were beheaded in like 20 minutes. Like, and you're complaining they made it too brutal? Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? You know, and I just thought like, if I watch, if people watch historical documents like that, is there like a perceptual understanding of how life was and how like do people really understand like 2,000 people got fucking their throat slit and stabbed and heads chopped off in like 20 minutes in one of those battles yeah like can you comprehend that level of violence in the modern time like do people understand it <laughs> you know, I, I know man I know and it it it, it actually like like, I think it also has something to do with what happened with Gordon Ryan and Andre Gomez. Oh, <laughs> I've met that. When, when people say martial arts, oh, man, you know, martial arts is really all about respect. Like, I've heard this from a lot of traditional no, karate guys. <laughs> when when they start losing the, the, the debate, when they say, I'm a black belt, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, we can spar. Then they're like, oh, martial arts is really all about respect. It's not about fighting. Okay, man. Guys, let's backtrack a bit. Yeah. In my opinion, who's the best fighter who ever lived? In my opinion, I think it was Miyamoto Musashi because the guy's been in 60 duels with uh, Balkan and Katana and he's killed pretty and much. And by the way, him. that motherfucker didn't play by the rules. Yeah. <laughs> he exactly. fought to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So, so you know, like, like this guy killed everyone brutally and you're going to say it's all about respect? Dude, these were gunslingers. The samurai, they were yeah. like the they're cowboys. They were gunslingers. Oh, oh, you're a tough guy. You're good. Let's do well. If I kill you, then I'm the shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Hickson slapped Hugo Duarte. And now they're saying that, oh, the shit is bad for jujitsu. Yeah, maybe, but. It's it only bad be... because the, the tough ball people or whatever are watching and be like, oh my God, that's so violent. I should, we should talk about the Gordon Ryan thing. I, I'm laughing my head off. So basically what happened is Gordon Ryan is the current goat in no-gi jiu-jitsu. And he does not say gi. He says current goat in no-gi. Uh, he's very honest about it. And his brother, Nicky Ryan, was supposed to fight uh, Roberto something, one of yeah, uh, yeah. Andrew Gaval's top students. Nicky Ryan got injured. Gordon said, I'll fight. Yes, there's a weight class difference. Well, I, I, I think Craig uh, Jones fought Ronaldo, which was Andre's student. And well, Gordon well, fought Roberto. I think Roberto's yeah, yeah, from yeah. Alliance. Yeah, yeah, no, they're both Otto students. Oh, uh, they're both adults? Okay. Yeah, and so, and so, and, and, and you know, uh, uh, Gordon Ryan is bigger than his brother. And good for the guy for competing against him. Because there is a weight advantage, and he could have said no or not in the same weight class. So good for him. He's, and even Gordon Ryan admitted, like, hey, good for you for stepping up. Like, you could have backed out and you didn't, so good for you. And Gordon Ryan basically broke the guy's arm, and he said, I gave him the chance to tap the first armbar attempt. He refused. I let it go. And then the second one, I just cranked it because you're a professional. You know what's going to happen. Right. And then Gordon Ryan went up to Andrew Gavau to shake his hand and be like, thanks for competing in this and Andrew Gravel flipped him off and when then he him off, did he yeah him he, there's a picture of Andrew Gavau giving oh, really? him yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. and so uh, you know Gordon Ryan's later it's like whatever walks off is on the way to the press conference and Andrew Gavel chases him down right and there's all this debate that's what about, I saw with a phone he was yeah. like oh, 
hey. he pays them down and the people are like, no, Gordon started and like, no motherfuckers. Why the fuck did Galvao chase him down? Why? To what end? What, what, what's going to happen? And so he got in his face and he pushed him and then Gordon Ryan just fucking bitch slapped him as hard as he could. He slapped him twice. One was off camera then. And then and the other one. People are like, oh, that's fake. I'm like, that ain't fake, <laughs> Like you can hear it. Like I actually slap. thought at first it was fake. I, yeah. I, I actually thought it was fake just to, you know, just to just to create more drama, but yeah. oh man. And 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 to just back it up, the history. So Galvao is the four or five time reigning ADCC champ. So what happens every year or every two years or what four whenever they do it two is five. either have the open weight fighter. So if you do, you win your weight class, then you can compete in the open weight, then you win, then you fight the super champion on the next event. So technically, Gordon Ryan is supposed to fight Galvao in the next yeah. ADCC, but everyone is like, Galvao is not going to fight him because he knows he's going to lose. And Gordon is just like, what do I have to do to get a match with you? Like, what do I have to do? And, and Galvao recently asked for a million dollars. He's like, everyone was like, go fuck yourselves. Nobody makes that kind of money for a match in jujitsu. Stop. This is just bullshit. Like, you don't need that kind of money. You just don't want to fight the guy. And so Gordon is doing everything he can to get this fight to happen, even putting up his own money to make the fight happen. And, and Galvao is just like, no. So I'm yeah. like, I don't understand, like, how you get to call yourself the GOAT. It's just say, no, I accept you're better than me. I'm not going to compete against you or do it and shut up, you know. And a lot of these traditional, like, the honor people are like, oh, Gordon Ryan is so... Yeah, well, Gordon Ryan is richer than all of you now, you stupid assholes, because he, he knows how to do this and you guys don't. And yeah. he beats all of you. He hasn't lost since Purple Belt. It's like 50 wins or so. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> you know? And it's yeah, crazy. You know? Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, more power. I mean, yeah, he, he does talk a whole lot of shit, but at the same time, he backs it up. But one thing that, that really... I, I kind of lost my respect for some of the adults guys. Like I heard that Lucas, that the Barbosa guy was actually sending messages to Gordon's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. You know, that's man, that's below the belt, man. You yeah. don't you don't go there, man. I mean he, I mean I don't mind them trash talking everyone. Like you want to trash talk the guy's coach or whatever, yeah. but not the family man. And, I, and Gordon even brought that up. He he was saying, listen, like that's like you want to say that shit, okay. Like I don't go after anyone's family, not even go, yeah. oh, like what the fuck don't tell me disrespect when you're doing that shit. Like this for Gordon, it's like to make money and beef and like he wants yeah, to exactly. fight, you know. And, uh, and he just attacks the guys, you know, the, the, the guys themselves, their skills and their IQs. That's it, right? Yeah. You know, you don't go beyond that. And he's not wrong. Like, I can't wait. Like, I think what he wants to do is beat Galvao, then go into start focusing on Gi and start kicking ass for a few years. He said this is his plan because he's like, what, 24 now, Gordon yeah. Ryan? So, so you think he's going to get good with the Gi too if he started? I think why not? Good. Play Marcelo Garcia style. Marcelo Garcia style. And Marcelo hates Gordon because Gordon is, he's all about, you know, be respectful and nice. Um, but Marcelo is the former GOAT. I mean, you can still argue he still is. Um, but he said, I never do anything that I can't do in both styles. So other than the leg locks, there's nothing Gordon does in no gi that he can't do in gi. Right? 
So the only difference is, is he just has to watch out for like cross collar chokes or loop chokes or stuff like that. Yeah. Beyond that, realistically, what does he have to that's watch my, out for? That's been my number one submission, man. Which collar one? Oh, oh, collar just, just collar chokes from yeah. the guard and mount. Yeah. yeah. It's it, it's really worked a lot for me. <laughs> I usually do, but and I and but I I like them too. But I find like I I think the approach of do what works in both. Like what are you training with now? Like what? what don't mind me asking, what's your training program like right now? Man? Allegedly, if I am able to, I will. Okay. And, um, you know, this is a good thing that, you know, the debates, the people are so, st- they're going to hate me. Some people are dumb because they read the rules and regulations set out by the government, which are bullshit, made up crap that's not helping anyone's health. And they're like, how are people open? And it's like, I'm shut down. Wait, you're breaking the law. And it's like, guys, if you actually look around, maybe some people have realized you can train. You have to be very careful and you have to train only with the people that you want to. And I'm sorry, it's not putting anyone's life at risk. If you think that you're a moron, I don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of arguments because people don't know how to interpret the laws that are being told to them. And they're poorly written. They're poorly written, so there's lots of room for interpretation. And that's the fault of the government. They're like, why are you so confused? Just do what we say. It's like, write better laws. You have lawyers. What the fuck is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like people are like, operate in the gray. And other people don't understand that. Like The amount of people that don't understand how to read between the lines. The politicians don't really care as long as it's not a pain in their ass. I know. In the end of the day. At the end of the day, huh? You know, even if they hire all these inspectors and all this stuff to do whatever the hell they want. Allegedly, allegedly, of course, the little birdie told me that, hey, don't make it obvious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people, these are people who know maybe or maybe not enforcement of various kinds saying, don't make things obvious. Meaning, don't make it a pain in our ass. Don't get caught. Don't do things. And maybe. And now I've seen posts from people who are like, man, I just found out people have been doing stuff this whole time and my gym is closed. <laughs> and it's like, dude, what? You can't meet up with your friend in your fucking garage? No, well, because no. because the, the law says so. Oh, my God. You're fucking. Are you kidding me? That's how it started. Like, uh, May, because everything was closed, right? But two months later, I was like, Man, this is hard. And I, I, I called Matt Sharp. You know Matt? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I called him. I was like, hey man, are you guys because him and Joe were our uh our housemates and they're yeah. both brown belts. They were like, Yeah, man, we rode. And, and I like, should put yeah. this out there. I should put this out there in the original set, the bubbles were the thing. Like so yeah. you weren't actually violating anything. So there you go. Uh and they keep flip flopping on the rules these days because they're like, Oh, just do what we say. It's like why don't you start making sense? No, that's too hard. Like that's essentially their response. Like, why are you asking us questions? It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like again, I think Bonnie Henry is a nice person. She's not cut out for this job. She clearly doesn't understand beyond the scope of her job, which is a doctor. And she's just making shit up as she goes. And everyone knows it. She's admitted it publicly. I'm not making these decisions based on evidence. So then why are you making these oh, decisions? did she say that? Probably. She said it's on record. It's on record. You can Google it. She said we're not making our policies based on 
scientific evidence or something along those lines. And it's like, okay, that's when you need to stop. It's because there's all these fucking Karens yelling at them to keep things shut down. And it's got nothing to do with anything other than we need to keep people calm. And they're not totally stupid as they know the Karens are going to run around being obnoxious to everyone. Metaphoric Karens. You know, it's not just women. It's there's men too doing this. Yeah. I'm just using Karens because people will know <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> and anyone else with a fucking brain is going to kind of play it, play it by ear and sort of see how it goes. Like, as far as I'm aware, no one in the martial arts community has died of COVID because of anything yeah. they've did specifically to do with yeah. training. Yeah. A couple of people have gotten it. Some of them had it worse than others because their health again, there were underlying health issues. Other people got it and they train all the time and are fine. And this is in the early days too. Like most of the UFC fighters fucking got it in the early on, you know, and then they're all, most of them are fine. A couple of them are not. A couple of them are not. Um, what's that recent fighter? The we trained. Well, uh, the they had a uh, side effects. Like, it, it, yeah, it, some people will. Like, some people will. Like, if you're like, nobody's gonna die of this. You're an idiot. It's hey, here's the here's the truth. Some people's genetics, or some people's immune systems, just don't 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 mesh with it. But ninety nine percent of people will be fine. You know, and that's the reality. They don't want to talk about it because they're operating on you're too stupid to understand. So we're not explaining it. And if we try to explain it, you're just going to you not listen to us anyway. And I'm like, man, I'm 30, whatever. I'm relatively healthy. I could get COVID tomorrow if I haven't already. had. I don't know because they didn't get the testing sorted out early enough for it to really fucking so matter. People think they already had it before. A lot of people did probably. Yeah. It's like, you're fine. I'm fine. I don't care. I could get it tomorrow. And, uh, I'm not going to drop that. You know, my parents who are absolutely check all the boxes of people who should be vulnerable and they've been going, you know, they're being cautious, rightfully so. They're in their 70s and they have a variety of health issues and they go shopping and they go this. You can still get it at a shopping center. Yeah, yeah. fine. Maybe our genetics are just protected against it. I don't know. But our medical uh, system is not advanced enough that we can all go, hey, do a blood work test. Am I genetically vulnerable to COVID? Ideally, that's where our medical system should go. Our technology needs to go. Hey, new virus comes out. Hey, I can do a genetic test. Am I susceptible to it? Right? We're not there yet. Yeah. We're just not. And of course... The genome thing with Kathy Woods, we're going to get there. Yeah, eventually. You know, we're not too far away. 20, 30 years. Um, I don't think so. I think maybe 10 years, man. Well, the way I look, possibly. Technology-wise, yes. It's about the rollout. It usually takes 20, 30 years for the technology to become consumer consumer level. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, like a lot of that stuff we enjoy now. Like your cell phone is more powerful than the computer they used to go to the moon. You know, so (laughs) there's a rollout time, essentially. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, anyway, yeah. from up, I just need to uh, do my laundry too, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What time is it? Yeah, yeah. Hey, good talking to you. And you know, if you you want to discuss crypto or whatever, train or whatever, just let me know, man. Yeah, for sure. Is there any parting words that you want to uh, put out there? Uh, I just think that everyone should just uh, be careful, man, and uh, protect yourself right now. Things, in my opinion, I mean. 
economically things are just really gonna go way worse than what it is right now like like the big thing hasn't happened yet so yeah protect yourself learn how to hedge yourself against inflation uh, and I, I think your advice to that uh you know guns it might be good to really have a gun now <laughs> learn martial arts and get guns is my motto of the last few years <laughs> yeah exactly man but i do i'm, I'm I, I do have a crossbow oh well, that's cool projectile at least i have a projectile you're allowed to have them too I, there is one or two you're not allowed to have but beyond that you can have them here so it's not yeah. a big deal you can yeah. go buy them so i don't yeah, even yeah. think you need a pal for those nope <laughs> yeah i don't think so so nothing illegal there anyone listening like oh my god nope totally fine yeah, learn your laws right. anyways yeah, thanks for coming on and uh right, man. See you, man. meet up again right. at some point have a good day take care man all right bye all right You're listening to The Warrior's Day. Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga. Turning lambs into lions. <laughs>